Hello and welcome to Sutra's Side Talk. This is our James Bond special and today is Friday, January 10th. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Selig. Alright, James, so we're going to be talking a lot about James Bond, right? We're going to be doing specifically uh, the Timothy Dalton uh, movies. There's a whole slew of them, all two. Uh, are you excited to talk about them? I'm more of a Roger Moore fan myself. Oh my. <laughs> well, guys, this isn't actually James Bond, obviously, because I'm, we're not. We're just not going to do that. That's, that's completely random. Yeah. This is the Star Wars special. Oh boy. Oh my. Oh my god. I've got some opinions. Set phasers to fun. Oh. Stay on the bridge, Captain. That's Star Trek. Hmm? And at this point, I'm starting to think that might be better. Alright, guys. So, we're going to be talking all about Stargate. Get your Battlestar Galactica helmets on. We're going right into the thick of it. Y'all ready for this shit? Dude, I actually do wonder now. (laughs) Who who would win? The Cylons or the droid army? Dude, I don't know. Which other one has better hair? <laughs> the when you say Cylon, I'm just literally imagining a bunch of hairdressers, like straight up, or maybe I don't know. It's like I kind of think, um, what's her Madonna? I don't for some reason when you say Cylon. What are we talking about? Uh, they're what's from Battlestar. They're from Battlestar. They're the robots. I don't do fucking. I never watched that shit. What are you talking about? Get out of here. I don't know. I just I watched Stargate once, and then there was like a cave kid that got blown up, and we all freaked out, and that's about. And was that Kurt Russell in that? In the movie, okay, yeah, yeah, that's all I watched. It was really fun. Oh, really? You've literally we, only we, ever seen the movie? No, we we did a double feature. So we did. My friends and I we were at school. We watched Stargate the movie, and then we watched Atlantis the Disney animated movie, and we were like, perfect. Weird. <laughs> I don't know why. That's an we, odd we were combo. Like, it actually works really well. It's like, oh, let's go to this undiscovered place together, and then there's this craziness that ensues. Alright, so guys, we're here to talk about Star Wars. Uh, Here's the full agenda of what's going to be going on. So we're going to start with our impressions slash, I guess you could say, review of Episode 9, Rise of Skywalker. We're then going to go into an analysis of the new trilogy as a whole, followed by the Disney films as a whole for Star Wars as a success or failure. Afterwards, we're going to delve into television, uh, which will kind of be included in like kind of Disney's run so far in film and television. Uh, but we'll be including just a quick, just because I'm the only one that watched Rebels, a quick run through of uh, just if Rebels was a success, uh, Resistance, the other show, and then of course, our review of The Mandalorian, which honestly, quick spoiler guys, will probably be the most positive note on this podcast, probably. Possibly. And uh, after that, we're just going to talk about kind of Star Wars post-Skywalker tr- Skywalker saga. Uh, what's up ahead and what never, what's not coming up and what is coming up, if that makes sense. Uh, like canceled shit and stuff they've confirmed. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's start with uh, Rise of Skywalker. James, how many times did you watch it? I've seen it twice now. I saw it opening night with you at like 2 in the morning oh yeah yeah it was like kind of fun but like at the same time i was like did i not like this movie that much because i was tired and then i watched it again like a week later with my brothers and no it being fully awake i hated it even more it's oh yeah dude it's one of those things i watched it (laughs) it's one of those things where like the more you think about like the little things the less it makes sense 
And I was just like, get, literally getting like mad <laughs> watching it the second time. I'm just like, so stupid. This makes no fucking you just sense. You sound like God me during uh, Last Jedi. But I also watched it twice. Uh, I saw it a second time and I'm going to be honest. Uh, all right, guys. Also, very easily, what, if you haven't watched this shit yet, like what the fuck are you doing here? Spoilers are going to yeah, be completely be throughout this entire, entire fucking episode. But okay, every single time I saw the Emperor, I was laughing. I could yeah. not. I, it was literally like some bone in my body that just made me laugh. It might be because it's been so long that I've seen him and so many times, like maybe it was throughout school or just anytime you think about him, especially from like the prequels, you just are like, yes, excellent, <laughs> good, good, excellent, unlimited power, yes. No, and it's no, just all of that. So. Die. You see that dude every single time, and just like, oh my god, Ian McDermott. All right, I'll say it easily right now. Ian McDermott did no wrong. Like, no. as in terms of his acting as the Emperor, that man is fucking perfect. I loved his performance, even in this. Uh, it's just everything around it, and the point of him being there, like as a character, is just kind of like the fuck, dude. Yeah. Um, I'd agree. But okay. It, it makes no sense him being back, but like, Ian McDermott he put us all into being the emperor again and he was pretty great <laughs> yeah and just to make things really easy or more i guess organized in terms of it let's just go through really fast before we hit the story itself and the plot uh how did you feel about the sound really fast i mean like always the sound effects were, were like absolutely amazing yeah sound and music were spot on oh, yeah. i thought they worked really well um I would say the music this time, there wasn't a defining suite or song that really hit it as much as I would say is uh, Force Awakens or Phantom Menace, Revenge of the Sith, you know, kind of like Duel of Fates, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, the music in it was just, uh, it, it kept you going. It didn't take you out. It didn't do anything too crazy, but John Williams kind of keeps a consistent tone with it, I'd say. Uh, and then, of course, the sound the sound design for it, I thought, did its job. Uh, there was also, like, there there's certain times that you hear something and you're just like, oh, shit. Uh, there wasn't anything too crazy, but it, like I said, didn't do anything to take you out. It just did its job and made, kept you infatuated with the movie. Uh, how would you say about the kind of, like, cinematography uh, itself? You got your J.J. Abrams lens flares, of course, as always. Yeah, um... I don't know if this counts as cinematography, but definitely, like, the first third of the movie was, like, edited way too quickly, or what? I think that's poorly Are you talking about, like, the pacing? The pacing was just, like, way too fast. Oh, that's... I would say that's more than of the editing than the cinematography. Okay, so I guess cinematography, like, there's definitely pretty shots in this movie. I mean, like, the the shot... I mean, it's in the, the trailer, but, like, the shot of, like, the TIE fighters flying into the ice planet to, like, catch... The Millennium Falcon. Like, oh, that yeah. was pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if this is getting into the movie too quickly, but like the light speed skipping scene, as stupid as it was, was visually impressive. Oh, yeah, very much so. Um, I would say it, it's more of a mix of editing and then, of course, the pacing of the story itself, which we'll get into definitely. Yeah. Uh, and then um, how I mean, would you say the visual effects were and the practical effects? Uh... I thought they were pretty great. I mean, like, I don't know, like, I, a lot of the, at this point, Disney, like, spends so much money on the special effects that, like, most of the time, I, like, literally can't even tell that it's, like, CG. It just, like, it looks like a a real world. Uh, 
like again i i well we already said spoiler spoilers i just don't want to get into like the whole movie too quickly but this the scene where she where ray is like basically doing like a forced tug of war with that like ship or whatever with kylo ray oh yeah like that was visually really interesting to see because it literally looked like the ship was just like trying to take off and I, I couldn't tell if that was like a practical effect ship that they just like filmed in miniature or if that was actually CG. And then again, spoilers when she like sh- shoots a bolt of like force lightning at it and it just explodes. That actually shocked me. It was like visually in- impressive. And also I was just like, holy shit, what? Uh, yeah, that's, that's one thing I've liked a lot about J.J. Uh, Abrams' uh, stuff with, like, kind of like this in the 7. I'm not sure. I have to I have to watch fucking Jedi again. But um, all of the use of the practical effects kind of, like, bring it back where it's yeah. a good mix of it. I always like the hybrid style that they really do with all of it. Interestingly enough, like, after I watched the movie the first time, I watched some, like, YouTube reviews of it. <clears throat> and, like, one person commented that like they weren't sure if later on when the first order last order blows up kajimi with like the one star destroyer which we'll get into that later but like when they blow up the planet he was like was that a practical effect because like it looked like it could have been a practical effect like they just blew up a i think it was visual and that's the thing is like i when i saw it in the movie or when i saw the movie the second time I was like look, waiting for that scene to see. It's like, what, what does he mean? Why? Did, like, I I just assumed it was a, a, a computer effect or whatever. Uh, but like watching it again, it literally does almost look like they've built a miniature planet and then exploded it and filmed it in in like slow motion. And like, because that's mm. how you make a miniature look like a bigger thing. Uh, I can't. I don't know. I'm not. A visual effects guy i maybe they just like really uh tricked me with this one but it it really reminded me almost of when the death star destroyed uh alderaan in episode four and how they literally just blew up like a thing and they made an explosion uh so that effect of like Again, as stupid as it is, in my opinion, that every single one of those Star Destroyers has a fucking Death Star cannon on it, like, that effect alone was visually impressive. Okay. Yeah, I thought, um, if I didn't say for cinematography, I I really always, I always like uh, the style J.J. Abrams does in terms of just, like, the camera shots. Um, Yeah. All the way back from, like, if you watch anything from... Cloverfield, Super 8, Star Trek, uh, this, like, I don't know why, I always, like, the lens flares feels like a, each director has their own style they always, like, work with their cinematographer on, and some you could tell is more of the cinematographer, or others of the director, kind of like, if they always work together, it's kind of, you always, you don't think about the cinematographer if you're not heavily into film, or, like, the really, like, cast style of, like, the people behind the scenes. But, like, I've always enjoyed that he has the lens flares, just like Zack Snyder's got his kind of more dark slow motion type of tone when it comes to it. Uh, But for me, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And then um, the visual and practical effects, like I said, I've always liked that hybrid style, especially when they started in The Force Awakens. 
uh, this one they continue it, but yeah, the pace, <laughs> the pacing uh, doesn't really, it kind of takes you in and out where you're just like, oh, oh, oh my god, these 3D glasses, bro. I'm so glad, dude, um, could you imagine watching this shit in 3D? I, no, I, no, I, I refuse. I was fucking, <laughs> fucking get your Captain Crunch glasses out of your cereal box and strap in boys and girls, shit's gonna get a bumpy ride. But okay, so I just wanted to run through those fast. There's other categories, of course, guys. We're not going to do that. Uh, that was just kind of like the base stuff. Um, but now in terms of movie itself, we could quickly talk about the pacing. Um, obviously, it was all over the place. Oh, You'd go, yeah. It, it's like the most like short attention span fucking next stop, next stop, next stop. Not talking about the hyperspace skips or light speed kicks where it's like, oh, pose... Taking like literally from one planet from to the planet next to planet in like a second. That was more like, oh shit, he's that's crazy. I guess uh, he doesn't need more like droid to like calculate his jump so he doesn't jump into a planet or whatever. Oh, he's just yeah, doing every jumping into planet atmospheres over and over again, like Han Solo was like. He, he's the best pilot, James. Apparently, like you know, you, you can't see, but my hands are flailing right now. Yeah, apparently, Han Solo guy. ain't shit compared to Poe. Well, he made the Kessel run in less than. Um, 12 parsecs, so... Yeah. It, it was 12 parsecs, right? I don't fucking care. Anyway, um... The pacing for the film itself, like, not talking about that, but, uh, in terms of, like, acts to scenes, uh, from, like, oh, here's Ray training to here's Kylo Ren to here's... I thought... Uh, this next jump in the arc yeah. of let's go to this planet next, or, um, we have to do this next part of the quest or storyline, things like that. Uh, was very much like there were so many things happening that if you ask the average person, not a very in-depth fucking computer logged into their head person, but like, oh, what what were the planets in this movie? The average person's going to be like, oh, you have the one with the ships in it. You have the one with the, the, uh, the water and the Death Star. And you have the one that gets blown up. Like, that's what they're probably going to say. Like, yeah. you just have... Snowy police state, <laughs> pull open your doors, stormtroopers, uh, that gets blown up. But yeah, so like... Which is, they never explained why that Kajimi was under such a military I really want to say kimchi. Huh? The planet kimchi. <laughs> <laughs> they blew up my kimchi, you sons of bitches. I, it's a very spicy thing I enjoy. But okay. Um, yeah, just... Oh, God. It... it it's what um so it was actually like hard to follow like there's beginning. a couple things that i'll say this it's the weirdest thing was it's like the the fucking conspiracy theorist to me woke up which doesn't wake up that often guys i'll tell you uh, and it was just like i feel like this isn't jj abrams fault no. and it it isn't i we there was research done and there is reddit posts that could be false but i doubt they are all right guys so uh there's small you'll notice like weird interruptions here um there's some more technical issues actually past the one previously you won't hear it now because it's all been cut out before this but it was about like like 10 minutes on seven, honestly like 17 yeah no like literally half the podcast we've already recorded it's been cut out um yeah, my computer decided to freeze and then i had to restart it and it recorded like half the podcast yeah so, so. we're yeah all right so, so what we were thanks, talking Mac about was uh, i believe it was pacing sorry if you hear something over again uh, i'll be trying to edit it as best i can it's just me a lot of 
Yeah, sorry. Extra work to go through. Um, so you're talking about episode nine being split into two. So, all right, actually, just just to start the conversation of this over. So Chris Terrio, he's the guy who co-wrote the script with J.J. Abrams for episode nine, Rise of Skywalker. He's previously done stuff like uh, Batman v Superman and Argo. So he actually has a really good uh, set of films under his belt that he's done at least so far. Um, for him, though, uh, he said in an interview that initially, with the amount of things that went into episode 9, he wanted to have it split into two. So like a part one, part two. So basically, honestly, like episode 9, episode 10. And with that, it would have had a lot more depth and would have just been more comprehensive overall because you would have more you would honestly then have character development which this movie lacks you would have more depth in terms of just plot and story which this movie also lacks and it wouldn't be as fast-paced and kind of like just short attention span disorder the movie and that was one thing that you see then the reason because that it's not because of jj abrams it's not because of chris terrio it's because uh, Disney wanted to keep it to nine movies. They wanted to keep it to George Lucas's original vision, my original vision, which was having a trilogy each time and just doing nine movies altogether. So because which is of, like a nice, neat package, I guess. Which does make sense. The only issue is because this trilogy is very itself uh, contradicting of itself. Uh, it then made it so to make it necessarily a more cohesive trilogy or in to make it on a yeah to make it a more cohesive trilogy it would have had to be in a quadrilogy which would have been four films but then it would have ruined that whole trilogy order nine episodes that whole thing which honestly i'd rather it'd be cooler to see it end with an x because i don't know just personally for me i think that's kind of it's cool to have 10 like, the Roman numeral of nine is just very much just kind of like, oh, this is whatever. But, yeah, it would have been interesting. Yeah. But it didn't, and we got this. So, but that's at least the explanation for why this is the way it is and why it's like they didn't have full control or anything like that. It, it's very much you have Disney overlords looking over your shoulder and telling you exactly how it's supposed to be in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so, we're moving then from this to talking about the characters. I believe that's where we were previously on it. I'll double check again yeah. after this. But uh, just in terms of the characters themselves, uh, the main ones, of course, we're just going to be talking about. Uh, so, Ray, Kylo Ren, Finn, Poe, and in this case, too, um, you can consider... I don't know if you want to include the newest, newer characters, like Carrie Russell and Naomi Aki's characters. I already forgot their names. Um, Naomi Aki was the uh, leader of those ex-stormtroopers that were on those horse yeah. things. And then uh, Carrie Russell no, was should, that bounty hunter style character. We should talk character. about her for a minute. Cool. Uh, and then, of course, Lando. And then, definitely, uh, we, we wanted to talk about Rose. Uh, do you want to just start with her again and just run through fast yeah i think we situation. talked a little bit about how they handled leia too but i'm not sure if we yeah we we tackled both at once so sorry guys if we're it's more of we we just talked about this literally like ten, five minutes ago ten minutes ago yeah but uh so the whole issue with rose in this one which i stated before 
uh, I didn't like her in eight. Her whole thing was unnecessary because that whole arc she was in was unnecessary. So yeah. it all together just kind of was a waste and un- it just wasn't needed. There was no point of it. And it I didn't think... do anything for it um, for Finn. I will get to Finn right after. So basically... I think personally, I thought Rose as a character was fine, but I do agree with you that her entire story arc for episode eight was like completely unnecessary. Yeah, I honestly didn't like the heartwarming shit either because it was just like, oh, these animals oh, no. and the fucking uh, yeah, no, that uh, that shit love. was so stupid. We have to defeat them with love. Well, like, I don't. Yeah, no. that I didn't understand. It's like you're fucking, you're trying to save the rebellion, and you're like, no, but we got time to free these horses or whatever. It's not like they're just gonna like, you know find them later and just put them back in the stables <laughs> yeah and it's oh god it's I, I just didn't care anyway so the whole thing was oh why is she like not in the new movie and she's like barely in there so she yeah. was supposed to be in there more but her purpose in this one the pur- her purpose in the last one was literally just to compliment finn's storyline that was it and yeah. this one her point is to be an anchor for leia so, the the way they did Leia in this was, which I'll say once again, uh, first time for you guys to hear it, but uh, this is nothing in regards to Carrie Fisher and how she passed away, anything else like that. This is specifically for the character she played that is unrelated to the actual actress for Leia. But they took parts of Leia's scenes that were deleted in Episode 7 in Force Awakens, and they basically were able to render her into or basically place her into episode nine to finish off her character in a way that didn't have someone else playing her necessarily or sieging her like they did in rogue one but instead just like made her there as the actual person and then they had to work around it a lot which was probably another Doing all that, honestly, was a con to the movie. It was something that would diminish the movie because then you can't have the original thoughts you would have for it and it just it makes things more difficult. Like It was definitely a challenge to work around the death of such a prominent actress in the, in the entire series. Yeah. And like I said before, they probably could have fixed it a lot better in 8. They could have did things to make it more cohesive. It would have been darker, but it would have been better. It actually, storyline would have been better. It would have been like, oh, shit. She's dead. Damn. That's crazy. They killed her. Yeah. But they didn't. And then we did all this. So, uh, they couldn't get all of... So, they wanted to have more of her in there. But not all of the footage they tried to use worked well with this. So, it didn't, like, it didn't transition over smoothly. And it didn't stay up to standards of what they were trying to do. So, they couldn't put it in. And those scenes also basically had filmed for more of Rose's with it as well. So because of that, that is what cut out more of Rose's screen time, which would have had her in it more, but it would have been the same role. Not, it wouldn't necessarily be anything different with what's going on with her character, but you would have seen her more often, you would say. Yeah, as far as it, what actually happens in episode 9, all we get of Rose is just her seeing Finn as he's about to go on like the Millennium Falcon to... like go off with Ray for the rest of the movie. And she just says like, sorry, I can't go with you. Leia wants me to like study old star destroyers because I'm an engineer. Yeah. Yeah. So, which makes sense, but 
you know, it's it's also like, but why wouldn't you? You're assuming that they're the same exact design as the previous Star Destroyers, which they obviously aren't. Uh, and also, wouldn't Leia already be pretty familiar with Star Destroyer, the old Star Destroyers? But whatever. Who knows? But I mean, it. Uh, whatever. So that character, like, there's nothing new, really. Like, there's. It's not necessarily the whole thing with Rose. Like I said, she's a complementary character. She's not a main character. She doesn't stand on her own. She doesn't have her own arc. She just is there to support someone else in both movies. So nothing necessarily really changes. You just think it does because she was more with Finn that whole time in the previous one. And there was more emotion and things like that. But really, in, a, in terms of what her the point of her character is, does not change. If you really think about it. And then Basically. with Finn, which works with this as well, is it's just... So, like, you have his character flourish and kind of grow in Force Awakens. Like, you're understanding what happened with his character, and you get his arc, which is the guy that's always running, basically. He wants to run away from his, the, the problems that he has. Whether is that? It's, I also just thought it was really interesting that he was a, a, a stormtrooper that defected. Yeah. Which it, is something we don't see that often. Yeah, and it made it really an really interesting part of the story. Like, when you watch Force Awakens, like, he is one of the two most interesting characters for the most part. Uh, Kylo Ren and Poe as well, but like him and Rey, like you're the like the two characters you're really following throughout this movie. Oh yeah, and in Last Jedi, they just rinse repeat. It's just a different reason instead of him just caring about himself. Now he's caring about Rey, and it's still him just running away and then trying to overcome that and fight for something else, basically, just like the last one. So it's really they do the exact same thing. There's nothing different, and they don't develop his character whatsoever. And then you get into this one and it's like I said, with the pacing, it's not depth with characters or anything else like that. It's very much just let's go through these actions and it's over. We're not really developing these characters anymore for the most part, except for the slightly for just really Ray and Kylo Ren, everyone else, not, not at all. And that makes his character suffer more. And with it, you kind of just, you only have one movie where his character's done well. And then yeah. after that, it's just like, fuck, okay. Honestly, after episode seven, Finn is basically pointless. Yeah. And that leads Which is to... sad, because I really liked him in episode seven. Yeah. And then next up, so uh, let's actually run through fast uh, Carrie Russell and Amiyaki's characters. Uh, Carrie Russell plays... Well, actually, we'll do Carrie Russell right after, because we could just transition from her into Poe. So okay. Naomi Aki's character comes into it. She's also a renegade stormtrooper like her whole regiment is basically stormtroopers that were the kids that were stolen and they said fuck this shit and bounced and yeah, which that i felt was a little unbelievable that like because basically that gets in uh, introduced when they're like fixing up the millennium falcon and she's like giving finn parts to fix it up and he's like hey this is a first order part where'd you get this it's like Oh, on the other ridge over there, we've got a, a whole Star Destroyer that my regiment, like, stole when we defected. And I was like, are you fucking serious? An entire regiment, uh, like, every single Stormtrooper defected at once? What, like, they must have been ordered to do something, like, absolutely heinous for that to happen. Which isn't necessarily 
far-fetched if you really think about it like there, there sure. are times where dumb shits happened before um and the first order is not as organized i'd say as the imperial uh empire and things like that like i mean you have the imperials are more like so. calm collected dudes that are like all right do this and you just see their discipline and then you have the first order which is a bunch of dudes that keep shouting and look really angry all the yeah. time and you're like what the fuck like does anyone not have any fucking like res- i don't know they just they lack they lack discipline <laughs> first order just yeah, likes dude, discipline. The, it's just a bunch of the, angry people the captain of the dreadnought in episode eight was just like fucking furious the ah, entire time ah. <laughs> what are we waiting for fire on the base <laughs> fucking lame as shit um yeah so her character itself wasn't necessarily bad it's just like you're coming in at the very tail end you're like you're nearing the finish line and you see someone else enter the race and you're just kind of like the fuck are you doing here and it's not like from what i heard there were also scenes from her storyline cut where she was supposed to, they were supposed to infer i guess that she was actually lando's like stolen child and that's why they had that scene at the end where they're like everyone's all celebrating and uh lando's like hey where are you from kid and she's like i don't know like well, why don't we find out? Yeah. I like, would have loved it if you like, you know, I had a lot of kids. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, Lando, you're crazy. You're going all over the galaxy. You're just having a good time. Yeah. And so, like, I I don't know. That scene makes, like, less sense without all the other stuff of, like, she might be his daughter. But, yeah, like, without all of that stuff, she did seem mostly unnecessary other than she just, like, helped rebuild or fix up the millennium falcon at one point in the movie and then for whatever stupid fucking reason cavalry charged the star destroyer quick yeah like i mean they're like oh we can't deactivate their speeder bikes so they don't all speeder bikes they on the horses going down the ship yeah i was just like what 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 how did they even get the horses on that transport (laughs) <laughs> well you see they herded them on and then from there they were like it just right, seems like go. such a fucking hassle i don't, like I don't know man. one cool <laughs> shot in the movie let's watch the fucking movie man i don't know uh, uh it i i i wasn't honestly that annoyed by it when they just put a bunch of horses on the, the star destroyer i was just kind of like fuck it it's stars <laughs> that's honestly what i thought i was just like ah ah you know what? at this point i don't you know Whatever, dude. There's pod racing. I don't care anymore. Dude, um, watching that scene again the second time, I was just like, why do they even have a ground team? Like, because the ships couldn't take out that um, Star Destroyer. Like, the, sh- the ships didn't have enough firepower. They, they they couldn't even take any... They couldn't take out one Star Destroyer. The ship's literally the first fleet. What are you talking about? Later on, one Y-Wing blows up an entire Star Destroyer without even using its fucking, like, d- uh, bombs. It does? It just... Sh- yeah, it just shoots the fucking underbarrel cannon and the entire Star Destroyer explodes. I don't know, man. I just work here. I shit you not. Like that, I missed that, that just, scene then. I, I was I just like... It. I was literally just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, th- these Star Destroyers are fucking brittle. Like, how are... How was the uh, the Rebellion, like, losing? Maybe it was... <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, uh, the way... To, uh, at least think of it as in the in a way i would just be like oh it's probably just they've been concentrating firepower on it for a while now and that was just the finishing blow 
Whereas maybe. I think with the flagship, maybe it's more heavily guarded and armored where they can't do as much with against it. Hence why they need a ground team basically to take out the communications array. Oh, wait, no, or was it... it um... Initially, the plan was like, okay, they have one tower on the ground that's transmitting to all the Star Destroyers how to get like out of the uh, space nebula or whatever yeah. around Exegol. Uh, and... Uh, like once, once the last order realizes that they're trying to. Oh, okay. Anyway, the the rebellion's plan was they needed an air team to spot where the tower was, and then they were gonna drop a ground team to place bombs on the tower to blow it up, so the star destroyers can't get anywhere. And so then, once the first order, last order was like, oh, they're trying to go for our navigation tower. Well, this, the main Star Destroyer knows how to get out of the, the nebula or whatever. So let's just like have, turn on our navigation tower, which apparently we have on, I guess, this one ship. And we'll just le- use this one ship to lead everyone out. And so that's why they had to put this, the ground team onto that Star Destroyer. But at the same time, I'm like, but you have Y-Wings. You've shown us this. Once the air team sees the tower, why the fuck doesn't the Y-Wings just bomb that shit? They have bombs. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, why, why Finn, Finn's ground team shit was, like, unnecessary entirely. They just wanted to, to have some reason to put horses on top of a Star Destroyer. For yes. a really cool shot. Probably. Yeah, I, that, that wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but fuck it, dude. I just uh, fucking yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Like I don't yeah. want to get too hard on this movie because like there are legitimately shots in in parts of this movie that I do really like. I actually, then I'll, I'll be honest. I actually enjoyed this movie. I think it was just because of the it was just wacky and I'll be like whenever they showed Palpatine, all I thought of was the prequels. So in a way, this movie for me fits right into just like the entertaining fun of the prequel movies because I actually like enjoy those movies too. But yeah, I will we'll get say, onto that later. Yeah. Um, okay. So back to Naomi Aki's character. Yeah. Um, I like I said like it's kind of late in the game. If you look, if you briefly look really pat like to the previous trilogies you have Return of the Jedi, and by the end of that, do you really have any new characters that come into it? No. If you look at Revenge of the Sith, do you really have any new characters that come into it? I mean, you have, like, more of a role for, like, uh, what's-his-face, Leia's adopted dad, who's, like, the Coruscant's uh, senator. I forget his name. Oh, yeah, it's something Organa. Yeah. That's where she got her Oh, um, yeah, yeah, Bail Organa. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And... He just has more of a role in it, whereas he was in episode two uh, as well, so he's not really new either. Yeah, three. Um, he was huge. Yeah, no, but I'm saying, like, he, he had more of a role in three, but he was still in two. Like, there, there's no, like, you don't necessarily add these people to anything. And so, in this movie, oh, though, they're just mean. straight up, like, quick, throw in more characters, and you get Naomi and Carrie Russell's characters, and, like, fucking Legion General Pride and that shit. So, Naomi overall, it's just, she's morally just there, for the most part. Like, she also, in a way, kind of compliments Finn, because 
it's just like, oh, talking about old Stormtrooper shit, and I'm with you, I'm sticking with you to the end on the Star Destroyer. Um, yeah, the, she's I think they morally, tried to use that she, scene to say, like, the Force is what, like, convinced Finn and, like, Naomi Aki's character, I can't remember her name, uh, to, like, defect, because they just, like... They described it as just like a feeling. Like they both had a feeling that this was wrong. And yeah. They just like stopped being a stormtrooper. So and like I think that was the whole point of her. I guess. Yeah. Because they also like, had throughout the scene, throughout the movie, they also basically were like Finn might be force sensitive. I mean, they they confirm it. Yeah. JJ uh, Abrams literally says it. Like the whole okay. thing is he was well. T- well, to, at at a we... point in the movie, he says, uh, Ray, I need to tell you something, and then they sink to the bottom of that thing. Uh, what he was actually going to tell her was he was Force-sensitive. That makes no fucking sense. But that's, that that's literally what everyone says. That's They ask, what, do you, what was he going to say? They're like, Where, was he going to say he loves you? And they're like, no, he's going to say he's Force-sensitive. Yeah, I know. I've heard that, but I still am like, if you think you're about to die, why would that be the last thing he wants to say? Dude, I don't know. That's exactly. that's what they said. That's what they said. I don't. I can't fix it. I can't change it. That's what they said. That's just mm-hmm. that. That's the fact. Um, so I didn't dislike Naomi Yaku's character. It's just no. She was I thought just, she was fine. She was fine. It's just she was just there, and you're like, all right. And then we go to Carrie Russell's character, who is basically Boba Fett bounty hunter, Phasma replacement Bliss? style. Yeah, Zora Bliss. And you're like, well, Phasma's gone. We have to do something. And yeah. <laughs> literally, it, it's it's straight up like you need another helmeted character that's just like cool looking that stands out slightly. Uh, maybe people will like that action figure. <laughs> and yeah, I uh, mean, I liked I liked her suit. I liked how they introduced her, where like Poe was like, okay, we got to go to Kajimi. I know some people on Kajimi that could help us out here. And then like. He's about to turn a corner, and she just, like, puts a gun to his head, and she's like, I can't believe you're stupid enough to come back here. I'm gonna blow your brains out. And, yeah, she doesn't. But, like, I thought she was a cool character. It's just, again, unfortunately, her story arc was also, like, fucking wasted. It's really just there, because they're like, oh, we need to have C-3PO translate Sith shit, but we have to reprogram him to do so. Yeah, it's like, the Republic law or whatever makes it impossible for him to translate Sith because apparently that's illegal even though the old Repub- not even the the old Senate doesn't even exist anymore or whatever. So like the laws he's programmed to follow don't even exist anymore, but whatever. Anyway, yeah, they go to Kajimi that's how to, he's programmed. to get Babu Freak to like undo that shit, which apparently yeah, is gonna which- wipe his memory. But not really, because there's a backup on R2-D2, so he's everything. It's, like, one of the reoccurring things I had wrong with this movie. Is like, there's a lot of, like, stakes that they throw out there that they're just, like, uh, like one scene later or two scenes later. They're like, oh, never mind, everything's fine. It was also just like, oh, no, and then, like, the minute he's, like, wiped, they're just like, can we get him the fuck out of here? We don't want to deal with him. Like, they straight up yeah. don't want to deal with him once he gets his mind wiped. And, uh... <laughs> that so- was funny when Poe was like, oh, that's gonna be a problem. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, oh, Babu Feek, my only, my oldest friend. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, that was funny. 
Uh, I actually was laughing at that. It was pretty good. Yeah, no, there uh, were legitimately but, funny scenes in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so, but with Zori Bliss, uh, for me, like, she's she could have been a very much more developed character if they had two movies because you get that yeah. sense of her and Poe where it's like, oh, they had a romantic past as well as a professional past at the same time where they work together doing more illegal shit because he was a spice runner. Kind of basically Apparently. like the equivalent of Han Solo being a smuggler. So it's like almost the same fucking thing. And, uh, oh my god, you're right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I... The minute they say that, I'm like, oh, okay, great. And he... You, you see more of Poe where you're like, oh, this guy's got more of a past than just being a hotshot pilot who's also a battle commander. And with Zori, like I said, you, you get this cool-looking character that you briefly get, and really, she's only good on Exegol. Or not Exegol, fuck. Uh, Kajimi. Kajimi. And she... You, you, you get more from her where... I mean, you not get more from her. You get from her, like, her slightly, like, just basically uh, criminal past. She's been trying to get off this planet that... I feel like she could have got on off a long time ago. But I guess, yeah, like, I know, because right? of the... I guess because of the fucking uh, Imperial... Not Imperial. There's, first like, an order, occupation going she, on. Yeah, because of the occupation, it's hard to get off the planet at this point. So I don't really know what happened previously. Obviously, they'll probably do comics and shit to explain that, most likely, I'd assume. But they yeah, it was interesting to see. But I wish there had been some explanation for like why that the first order was so invested in this weird city. Well, they said they they took all the kids there, and there was just basically they were finishing off the rest of it. Oh, yeah, they they, they were like, just like stealing all the children, and shit. they already finished stealing all the children. They were I just see. finishing off their occupation, I guess. Ah, uh, but anyway, um, with her, like you just you, you want to get more. But then you see her later on because they're the whole thing of like, oh, they blew up Kajimi. You assume she's dead. And then at the end, yeah, when, nah, like, the, she, the full she fucking, joined the rebellion real quick. The, when the full fucking fleet comes in and it's like, look, we've been saved by the world or the galaxy of people. And it's like, everyone's here. Friends alike. Oh, boy. She was, and it's like, she was the one hey, in the Y-Wing that blew up a Star Destroyer. She was that one. Oh, okay. So, yeah, she's like, hey, Hatch. So that was post- yeah. So I was right then. That was post the the fleet. The first fleet didn't do any damage then, like I said, and that's why they had the ground force. Ha! Basically. Anyway. So Yeah, so you get her and it's like, look, Flyboy, I'm here too. And then you have look, it's fucking character you'll want to merchandise off of later because people love mm-hmm. the meme shit for this boy. And he's like, Yeah, Bobby Free God, everyone's like, Woo! You're just like, kill me. Kill, kill, fucking hey, kill Freak. me. I fucking uh dude, I actually I mean, I people are fucking sorry. People, some people are just fucking basic. But like, oh god, I just I never liked porks. It was so obvious. It was just like money things. People say like, oh, they did it to cover the puffins that were on the island that they were filming, and there were the birds there, and they had to like do this like thing for it. But they were also like, oh shit, money birds in the process. Oh boy, so they fucking put them in the ship all the time and fucking porks and then uh in this one they're like well we can't have porks but we'll, we'll put it in the scene anyway uh and then we'll make a cute little tiny mexican mechanic apparently yeah what D- dude his accent was totally supposed to be he was a mexican dude oh shit i didn't even realize that but yeah fucking little bastard 
And just like, oh, Babu Freak, he's the standout character. I love it. The internet loves him. And I'm just like, the internet's fucking stupid. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they like it's Baby Yoda or Bust Motherfuckers. He's the only one. He's plot. He's actually central to the plot. Um, yeah. So Poe. Now we're on Poe. So with him. Uh, you literally get a little bit of his past and you're kind of like, I want to know more a little bit, but we don't have time because we're just fast tracking through. And with Poe, you want to get more of his pilots too. And you also don't get as much of that. You don't even have Jessica Henwick in this one either. She's only in the first movie. You don't know what happened to her. And, uh, cause if you look in the first movie, you have like Jessica Henwick and I always forget the actor's name, but basically plays Snap Wexley. Who's in this one? He's in more... He's in there more until he fucking gets blown up. But, like, they're the two pilots that you kind of see with Poe that you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then they completely change it, throwing in new pilots in the eighth one, where you're like, where the fuck did they come from? Why weren't they in the last one? And then they just get blown up in a heartbeat anyway. And then you go back to Snap Wexley again. And you're like, I don't even know how this has happened. But whatever. Like, I love how at the end of episode eight, they're like, yeah, okay, there's, like, 13 people left in the Rebellion. And then Episode 9 is like, oh, no, no, we still have most of the people from Episode 7. They're totally fine. Look, Forget it's Dominic it. Monaghan. <laughs> yeah, that guy's bad. Yeah, no, because, well, they said, basically, they do that bullshit where they're like, you have to look outside of the movies. And then it's like, uh, they, they basically say in some book or comic that uh, all the ones that you didn't see in 7 uh, already left and went to, the ron- like, a rendezvous point. Oh, during the, uh, the events okay, of I eight. see that. Yeah, no, that made sense. I was just still just like, yeah, it's still fucking whatever, dude. Like, Wait, but then they didn't show up to help at the end when the distress call came in? I don't care. I don't whatever. Care. I, I, maybe they were doing some bullshit. I don't fucking know. So, you, yeah, Poe's character, you just get a sense of like, in the last one, he's very rebellious to fucking Laura Dern's Commander Holdo is just kind of this idiot who won't tell you anything and literally could be having everyone work together. And it's just like, we're yep. going to keep some secrets and cause a mutiny. But yep. in this one, it's more of like, oh, it's just because at the end of it, it's basically like, oh, you're being grim for Commander. And in this one, he's basically like, you're a Commander. And then they're like, you're not... You're not like the previous leaders. We don't even want you to lead us. It's, it's more of a, not, I guess, that, but more like uh, you, it's trust issues or something, or jealousy. It didn't make any sense where he's just like trying to get explanations for shit, and everyone's just kind of giving him shit, being like, you need to be a better leader, and I'm just like, what the fuck is happening well, right he now? He literally, like, Leia made him acting general when she died, apparently. Yeah. I mean, who so, else? Yeah, apparently there's no one else in the, in the Rebellion that's, like, higher rank than Poe, apparently. Well, I mean, it made... Because he was already, like... Like I said, he was being groomed for Commander in 8. Like, you could see he was supposed to become the leader. True. And then, after this, like, it's just people questioning him more of Lee, or, like, uh, having issues with him. It's more of Lee, like, inner group conflict and that's about it and then it's like all right he's taking control there's no natural transition to it all but you're just kind of like well i assume he's in charge but you never get that feeling at the same time unfortunately because he's more of just like a pilot leader 
but you don't get like that feeling of him as a resistance leader but it's because also like you still have leia there and it, it just contradicts it all but yeah. yeah so his character like another i didn't i thought it was also he didn't get much of a good arc either so that's another well, failure i just thought on it was that part. odd that they introduced that he had a history as a spice runner all of a sudden because like granted i didn't know this before watching episode nine but like according to one of the like star wars like visual dictionaries or whatever that they made for episode like seven or eight like when they go over poe or poe and his like backstory he's supposed to have been in the rebellion his entire life his parents were rebellion soldiers he's been like a pilot for the rebellion yeah. like literally forever uh in the what is it called I mean, um there's a like four-part star wars comic that's supposed to take place after six and like the cover even has like the whole gang basically like on endor and their celebration outfits and it's like that whole kind of scene of everyone together and in it there's like a guy named like sergeant dameron and it's just be his dad yeah, so, like, I don't know, maybe it's not impossible that at some point in his life he did say, like, fuck you, parents, and just, like, went off to be a spice runner for a bit, and then, like, realized, like, oh, there's, maybe there's more to, like, this universe or galaxy than, like, being a, spa- a spice runner, so, like, maybe that's when he joined the Rebellion for reals, but, like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I just yeah. thought, like... I don't know. I was just Poe was one of my favorite characters from episode seven because I thought he was so interesting and cool and like a legitimately amazing X-wing pilot. But like, I don't know. I just thought he was like weird in this one. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, it, like, a, it's they just didn't have a clear. We'll talk about it in the trilogy part. So, next up, uh, Allegiant General Pride. <laughs> really fast it's and him and hux i guess you could say i um, felt like what they did to hux in episode eight and nine was like fucking bullshit because <laughs> i thought it was, just, such it was interesting... super weird yeah because in seven you just get like oh this is passionate dude about the first order and you could tell he kind of has a weird like you can see by his face when he like, sees kylo legit... he's like snarky of like i'm the better son yeah or something. No, he legit loves snoke and the first order and truly believes in it and then in episode eight, they like use him for like comedic effect. They like have Snoke slap him around a bit. And, and then like, nine, he's still in the beginning, comedic effect. And then yeah, it's just like you're gone. And they, yeah, like again, I guess spoilers was just like he ends up being the first order spy, and I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like their spy is like basically the first in command. That's yeah, like literally, until Illusion General Pride comes in, you're like, who the fuck is this guy? When did he come? And he's like, Starkiller <laughs> bases, blah, blah, blah. And you can see, like, that sense of him. Oh, and, that scene uh, introduces Hux, a problem like, I have later on, where he's like, if we accept the Last Order fleet, they'll increase our forces 10,000-fold. I yeah. did some math on that. So we'll get into that later. But We like, actually already talked about that. No, that was before we started recording. I thought, no, you did a, uh, oh, did you? That was oh, before God. we started okay. recording, because I was like, I just want to talk about it for a minute. But we, we, we'll we get into it later. But, like, uh, I guess when we talk about the movie as a whole, I don't know. But, like, um, yeah, so I, I just didn't buy that uh, Hux would flip on the First Order 
for something as petty as literally his re- his reasoning was just like, I don't care if the rebellion wins. I just want Kylo Ren to lose. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That's I mean, his reason. The the way Hux just gets killed by Pride. Yeah, like the literally only thing a scene you can later. think of when Pride does that. You just get this sense of like I've I have dealt with the fuck boy. Now let's move on as a play. Yeah. It's literally like one scene later. Oh god. Uh what's his name? Pri- General Pride. It just like he's like call the uh call the emperor. <laughs> we found the spy. And he like shoots Hux. And I'm just like, "Are you what? What was your like evidence you just like he just thought he might be the spy i don't know uh it's just bizarre it was actually legitimately funny though when uh when basically hux reveals himself to be the spy by like shooting the stormtroopers that were going to like execute uh finn and poe and then he's just like i'm the spy and poe just goes like what like that was legitimately funny. Yeah, like, uh, his everyone's reaction. just like, "Huh?" I mean, it's it, the but whole then, thing. But then, like a second like, later, just... I'm just like, "But that makes no sense, though." <laughs> yeah, it it happened, and then you had like Hux just felt, yeah. Once again, after Force Awakens, you just have another character just kind of fucked up in the waters. Yeah, and, and so they just replaced. By Hux the time he reaches the shore, who... you're just kind of like, "Oh, this is just a this is another wreck here." They basically replaced Hux with a guy who acted more like Hux from episode seven, which was just general pride. Yeah. And he just, I thought he was okay. He didn't, uh, for me, he didn't fit because for someone like that and the way they do the full reveal of him being like, I've worked with the emperor the whole time. I've been loyal to you the whole time. I was an Imperial. He has like one line where he's like, he's like, as I served you in the empire, I serve you now. Yeah. It's one of those things where that could have been cool, but it's one it's one of those things where it's that if it just uh, gets enveloped with the rest of the Palpatine inclusion, where with the Emperor, it it doesn't fit because it's just brought in randomly. It's not mentioned in seven. It's not mentioned in eight. It's just thrown in there to the point where it's just at the beginning of the crawl. Where it just doesn't, it just doesn't fit whatsoever. Which we'll get, like I said, we'll get to more on the whole issue of the Emperor in a, a, a little bit afterwards. Uh, but I'll, we'll just continue down with the characters. Um, the Emperor himself, uh, as a character, there's not much to say, to be honest. Uh, nah, that he's just is, like the old Emperor. I yeah, he's them. just the Emperor. It's, it's the same exact shit, uh, but we'll get to that afterwards. So that just leaves uh, Lando, Rey, and Kylo Ren. Which we can just go quickly over with Lando. Uh, he's randomly have him appear in the movie. He just shows up and he's like, hey, yeah. everybody. I thought it was really bizarre that he's like, yeah, so Luke didn't like just go off hiding for like 30 years. He like apparently palled around with Lando for a while to try to look for the Sith Wayfinder thing, which is totally not a holocron. And like... No, they weren't even... Well, they, they, they were trying to find that. Whatever. Okay. So they just, like, find him on that desert planet, which, by the way, right before they go to that desert planet, they they call it the, the Forbidden Desert or Forbidden Valley or whatever. And then there's, like, a huge fucking Burning Man parade there that, again, apparently only happens every, like, 42 years. So the chances of them showing up then is insane. 
but like how is it forbidden if people party there all like every once in a while yeah and you're just kind of like that was okay effects wise that was the only thing i I had a problem with because uh you just get this random thing and you're just kind of like fuck i what the fuck's i don't care i don't care i really don't and again, and it was visually interesting, but like I no, not even I just didn't. I, I didn't like any of it. I, I like did, it. I just was like, can we get the fuck out? And the minute they show the kids laughing and the little kids with the little fucking the, the snout faces because they're uh, all these pig people. I don't know why. When you see the laughing kid, I was like morally just repulsed. I was like, ah, kill them all, <laughs> destroy them. I don't know. Please. I thought it was okay. It kind of reminded me of like the Ewoks or whatever. Uh... Yeah, those those kids were creepy. I, as I fuck. also liked the the. I don't know if I'm getting the name of the uh, celebration wrong, but it um, it reminded me of the Indian like festival of colors or whatever. Yes, just like uh, I just I had a very big Indian vibe from this as which well. Which I I, I really like that I the idea of that celebration. I think it's a really cool idea, like just like throwing colors at everyone. It seems like really fun. So, like, I liked that visually in the movie, but, like, again, the fact that it's in the Forbidden Valley makes no they sense. They also shoehorn the question of, what's your last name, Ray? And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, that was fucking stupid that. and unnecessary. I'm just, Ray. I'm just Harry. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess back to Lando, him being in that desert for, like, however many years, like, for no reason, makes, like no sense but well, no, was he wasn't cool there the whole time he's just like uh it sounds like he met them there like leo was like hey blah blah and he's like cool i'll show up over there and he just appears like he wasn't okay. there that whole time so Definitely he just like not. did leia send him because he knew that place because he had been there with luke before probably and okay that makes that, sense, and she then. was probably like also it's like he's the last of the friends that yeah she knows she can rely on yeah that's true I don't know. So I yeah, you was, get Billy Dee Williams cool seeing... pop up, and you're just like, okay, that's I it was weird. Cool seeing him but again. I also like Billy Dee Williams, and I like Lando, yeah. so I'm not going to complain for the most part. Like he and... did have one of my favorite scenes, although again, I have problems with it. Like at the very end of the like battle, or towards the end of the battle, at the end, when everything seems lost, and Poe is like broadcasting to everyone, like I'm, I'm sorry, everyone. I really thought we had a shot, and. Uh, but like there's just too many of them and then you hear over the radio Lando say like yeah but there's more of us Poe I thought that was fucking fantastic and like the fact that like thousands upon thousands of just like civilians show up in their ships to fight the First Order which again makes no fucking sense because they that didn't happen in episode 8 when there were less stakes but whatever uh well, no also, one cared about the First Order, but everyone's like, I remember the Emperor. Yo, fuck, the, I want the Emperor again. Maybe. I think maybe they morally, it. It, the way they do it, they're they're morally just like, yeah, I, Emperor's a bigger threat. But also, it's J.J. Abrams versus Ryan Johnson and what they're going to do, too. And yeah. overall, Lando, I thought, was done well. You even get a freaking appearance by Wedge Antilles. Yeah, that was insane. I fucking... Wait, okay, we'll talk about old people afterwards, because uh, that's, like, my favorite part is just old... I'm like, oh boy, whenever you show me an old person, I get excited <laughs> in this fucking movie. Which is a problem of, like, yeah, it's uh, nostalgia feeding, but it says still something if that's the best part for you, personally. Or, or me, personally, I guess you could say. Uh, so, getting into the thick of it, 
with uh, the whole thing of Ray and Kylo Ren. And they're the only two that actually have stories that continue to develop, which J.J. Uh, Abrams does try to fix the you're not some no one from nothing bullshit, but it's in a weird way where you're like, it's ah. so hand-handed. Where, yeah, like, it's like, Ky- Kylo's like, your parents were no ones, but that's because they chose to be no ones because they were Palpatines. And I was like, what? That doesn't track but okay (laughs) well i mean he didn't know that in eight he only knew that in this one no that's true but i don't know because the whole thing is like palpatine literally goes she's not who you think she is and then he explains it and then he goes oh well no i I get get it but it's just like okay so he could have said i was wrong you are someone you're someone incredibly important like that would have been fine but the fact that he was like, I wasn't wrong before. Your parents chose to be no one. They did still sell you. Money changed hands there. I just don't want to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you, like, okay, your parents were no one, but you're someone because you're Ray Palpatine. Which also, I'm just like, okay, wait, but who, who did the Emperor have a kid with? And when. Exactly. Yes. And why? You're like, when did this old wrinkly fuck fuck? Yeah. And like, like why? And like, why is his son what? not like not important? Like, why is his son not force powerful? Like, why is he not a problem? It just like, it why brings is in a lot of issues. Yeah, and we'll. It, it's not much to discuss, to be honest. Like, there's. It's very much just like the fuck. This wasn't good. And yeah. it's really, honestly, the easiest basis of it. But at least for Ray herself, you you get this like you could tell they're like, oh, I'm sorry, what happened with eight? Let's try to fix it in nine. But also, here's all this kind of shoehorned in shit. And for her itself too, like in a way, she does develop still as a Jedi. But for the grounds of her character and everything going on with everything. It was still hard for her to come out unscathed, which she definitely did not come out unscathed. Like, you you feel like there should have been a lot more for her, even with it still being her as the main character. It it doesn't feel like she got her just dues, especially with the storyline that was implemented in for her. And if done differently, I felt like it could have been a lot better. Like, you even get this whole, like, giant thing of, like, the Jedi are all behind you, Ray, which is kind of, it was cool, but at the same time, I'm just like, ah, that's it? Uh, I just felt like I needed more of her character to develop, too. Like, she, for as much as I think they could have developed Finn and Poe specifically and, like, done more with these other side characters, there still could have been a lot more done with Ray as well. And that's also another part that just kind of takes you out of it. Because in a way, like, you still get the most of her in 7 of, like, everything about her. And then in 8, they try to sort of develop it. But it's really just her trying to figure out who she is. And then it turns out she's just Ray. And in this one, it's like, well, you're more than that. But it's this. And you're like, fuck, just... Ah, it, it it drags into a, a, another to be continued into a later conversation we'll have briefly after this. And personally, like I said, I think 
there could have been a lot more done for her. But it's at least, in a way, better than what everyone else got. It's still just still not as good as I would have hoped at all. Yeah, like, she definitely gets stronger with, like, using the Force. Like, she gets way more control than, like, we've Oh, yeah, she, she learns a lot from use. the books, and those books really teach her more ways of using the Force, and you're supposed to be... You're supposed to assume also that Leia's been training her to an extent as well. She's like, oh, well, okay, yeah, I mean, master. she had to learn Force healing from somewhere. Uh, that just seems complicated. I honestly, I think, it, like I said, she had all those books. Yeah. I don't know, but she did refer to Leia as master. I know, that's what I just said. Yeah, but that implies that Leia is like master level Jedi, but somehow didn't complete no. her training. No, that's not what that means at all. What do you, just cause well, I thought that's literally, I thought that was like Obi-Wan Kenobi Obi-Wan was master just a, Kenobi. Yeah, but that was, she called him Master Kenobi because that was his master, just like Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon wasn't part of the council, but he was Obi-Wan's master because he was his Padawan. It's the master the and the apprentice, not necessarily the rank of master as a Jedi. There's two separate things. I thought master things. was just like when you are literally the highest level Jedi you can go, you become a master of being, of a, being a Jedi. To an extent, like you don't have not to necessarily... be on the council to be a master. Okay, was so in the Clone Wars, Anakin is Ahsoka's master. Was he a Jedi master? Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah, I thought so he was just her teacher. Huh? No, he that's was her fair. master. She called him master. That is true. So, okay. What, yeah, so that's what I mean. So Leia wasn't a like you don't you we don't know if she was a Jedi master or not. But basically, she's teaching Rey what she can. But she definitely, because remember, they said early on in her training, she stopped a lot of her shit. She, like, kind of forsaken her lightsaber and everything else and just stuck to the more military shit and political shit. So, But she's Rey, still trained enough to have, like, visions of the, like, distant future, though. Yeah, no, I would, that's what I'm, so what I'm trying to say is that those books actually did, like, there's a whole point to the books. Like, Ray was looking through those books, she read those books, she studied those books. The books mm-hmm. were the main ways of her learning new things, but Leia also guided her on that journey of training, but not necessarily... She probably taught her a couple things, but it wasn't, like... It wasn't stuff that she didn't learn from the books. Like, on a, I think the newest tricks and the craziest shit she learned was probably from those texts, because they hold, like, crazy shit of what you can possibly do. Hence the Force healing. I guess so. Things like that. Yeah, because otherwise, it, I, I honestly don't think Leia has all of that, like, power to do all that kind of stuff. Or she might be, maybe does, but she forsakened it. She never really utilized it as much. She, like, kind of saved it and was like, I'll do it here and there. But, like, I, I'm not, she's not one to, like, do all the shit Luke does in a way. Yeah. But, okay, so, yeah. Do you we see- want to talk about Luke real quick? after kylo because like luke did come back and have like a little bit of like a change from eight <laughs> yeah yeah i guess um right. but we so, could go on to kylo though yeah probably. so for kylo ren we get uh god he honestly his character was done the best in this trilogy uh it was like personally. a really weird redemption arc i just felt like it was really sudden in this movie that he's like yes it's, it's another back. thing of 
you felt it could have built up more if you had two movies. But well, especially because, so like, another thing. one of the most interesting things about his character in episode seven was that he has that scene where he's talking to Vader's helmet, and he's just like, I feel the pull back to the light again. Like, I need you to show me the power of the dark side. And, like, so that's interesting that he is a Sith who is actually being pulled to be good again like more and he's like actively choosing to be evil as opposed to just being seduced to the dark side uh but in this he's just like like yeah like i guess they it seems like jj was setting up that he could be redeemed in episode seven but then episode eight is like no he's a fucking monster he cannot be redeemed he is like the supreme leader now he's the big bad guy and then in episode nine, they're like, nah, nah, okay, he may be the supreme leader, but he's also like kind of just still Kylo Ren. He's still doing his own thing. And through the course of the movie, he like almost dies and then chooses to be good again. I just felt like that transition was really sudden. Yeah, I mean, it's the whole thing is his mom. For sure. Yeah. And it's like that whole feeling together of like, oh, God, what have I done? All this stuff. And it hits him more, and then he has his imagination come in and conjure up good old Han Solo, which, God, that was, like, the honestly, that was the best part of the movie. For that me. was, on. I was not expecting that, and that was a, as bizarre as that scene was, because he's not talking to a force ghost of Han Solo, because that would make no sense. He's basically just talking to a memory of his father, and it's like you basically get to see him visualize his conscience yeah so he's not really talking to han solo but he's basically like i guess yeah doing some introspective through using the memory of his father and it was a very touching scene and uh i just didn't like that they had him re-say the same line like i i know what i have to do but i'm Afraid I, I don't have the strength to do Oh, I actually like that. I like that. I don't know. I just I I see what they were trying to do there, but that line didn't seem to fit that well in that scene particularly. So I thought it just came off as a little ham-handed or ham-fisted or whatever. But like I get it. They were trying to get it to mirror that previous scene, but in yeah. like the light as opposed to the it's, dark. It's like I said. He also would have just um, done a lot better with the inclusion of more depth and having two movies and things like that yeah but also a more cohesive trilogy as a whole mm -hmm. that said that's the biggest in problem, terms I of think. being developed he is the best of all of them better than ray better than yeah, the other characters for sure. kylo ren's as a character in terms of development and just the way they present him for sure is the best character in the new trilogy i would say easily oh absolutely he he definitely has the greatest like development of his character throughout the three movies yeah uh which then which of course han solo was more of like a cameo with that there's not much to be said yeah. uh, which leads quickly just briefly into luke's reappearance as well which uh I as a force ghost hilarious uh that was it's basically it's mark hamill just being like yeah i didn't like that last movie yeah, so it's like so, as someone that out. also didn't like that last movie, I agree. It's yeah. it's just morally, it's just Mark Hamill fucking around. I felt like even though it was written like full scripted and everything else, I just thought it was really fun. I was just I like, yes, it was hilarious, excellent, good, good. Yeah, that like 
Ray finds out she's a Palpatine. She's like, oh shit, I'm a monster. She like tries to exile herself to the Jedi planet. Yeah. Uh, island. Inkto. Okay. And then like she burns her ship somehow. Burns Kylo Ren's ship. Kylo, Kylo Ren's ship that she used to get there because she stole her ship. Which, by the way, how the fuck do you get off that planet then? But whatever. Uh, Dude, I don't fucking know. Just deal with he it. He just showed up at the, <laughs> I at the don't last care. battle with <laughs> another movie, TIE fighter. And I'm like, what? He did anyway, it. It's over. So she's like, the last thing she's about to do is throw the, the uh, Luke's lightsaber, which, by the way, is also somehow fixed, like, into the well, fire. She's time to fix it. I guess. But, like, so she's about to throw it, throws it into the fire, and then Luke's force ghost, like, catches it, and she, he's just like, a Jedi's weapon should have be treated with more respect. She's like, but you told me the Jedi should end in the last movie. Well, she didn't say in the last movie, but, like, last time. And he's like, he straight up, like, basically looks at the camera. He's like, I was wrong. <laughs> I thought that and was fucking like, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I just, oh my god, that was great. I, I thought that was so fucking fun. That was, it was like, it's as ridiculous as you can get, and you're just like, yeah, alright, fuck yeah, like, dude. You could, you could almost see J.J. Abrams walking into the screen and just saying like, fuck you, Ryan. <laughs> no, you see J.J. Abrams doing that anime thing where the character is the glasses and he just slightly hits them up and you yeah. see like that tint and like, and it's like, you've activated my trap card and Ryan Johnson's just like nani and then yeah. yeah and then the rest ensues basically but yeah it was oh, it was fucking ridiculous I, I like I said I like that shit cause it was fucking just wonky as all hell I'm just being like fuck you and you're just like yeah alright I was fucking I just oh god I just burn it all down yeah baby and <sighs> then you get the full fucking nostalgia of like look it's the X-Wing and I'm like oh god I love it. Yes, the X Wing. I've been waiting all day for this. Uh, it it was kind of adorable when they show like Ray f- flying the uh, X Wing into the with uh, Luke's helmet, with the Luke's helmet on. And I it, like does not love. Fit her. The, it's all right. So now we get to transition into just okay. So the nostalgia of this film that they try to do like kind of fan service. It is an it is easily fan service. Oh, it was like the like, best part. It's like, oh, like this is actually <laughs> a hell of a lot of the movie was fan service, which is like, it was some of the most fun parts of the movie for sure. And it's because it, like, a lot of like in the Force Awakens, you get some fan, like you get the fan service of it basically Im- imitating the pre the original trilogy to ease everyone back in. Like that was the point of it. But you also get the characters kind of doing their own shit and. You're, it's not as much nostalgia in a way like it's not just spot on like look it's more of really just like hey it's the character's ship whatever but it's a new story happening uh in a way it's still imitating certain things but it's done in a way to restart things in uh in a good way and in this one it's more just like look you love this guy's here and enjoy it have a fun time and you're like oh god yeah i, I like it a lot um, which obviously not everyone probably did like that. I'm sure there were people that liked episode eight and didn't like this and things like that or vice versa, whatever, or people didn't like any of them, but you get things like you get the full fucking Palpatine shit, which obviously that was the, the wrong choice. You get 
Han Solo return for imaginary conversation. You get Luke Skywalker to come back to say sorry about the last movie. You get Wedge Antilles to come in. Yeah, that was fucking insane. And he basically says, like, the same thing he says in Empire Strikes Back, where, like, uh, when his... Wes Jansen, his um, gunner in Snowspeeder. That's right. I know the fucking pilot names, guys, because that shit was great. So, Wes Jansen was his gunner in his Snowspeeder, and he hits the Imperial Walker, and that's when they do the full uh, loops around the Imperial Walker and take it down. And he's like, nice shot, Jansen. And you're like, yeah, watch it, Dice. He's in all three movies. I love him. Because he's like that... He's that awesome character you have in all the movies consistently, and he's you you know that character if you really cared about like if you really care about like the characters in Star Wars and you look around the world like you know that character you love that character and you get more of him in like the books and the game and everything else but he really is someone that's awesome and one person I've wanted in that trilogy so long and you finally get him for a split second as one of the Falcon Gunners. And you're just like, ah, and he's like, nice shot, Lando. And then you just never see him again. But you're like, it's Wedge. It's Wedge. Which I wish they, I wish they had him in the post credits with, um, when you just see Lando just hanging out there alone when Naomi comes by. I would have loved it if you just see him and Wedge talking for a sec, just like, we did it, buddy. And you see Wedge walk away and then Naomi walks over or something like that. I think that would have been perfect. Because you even see him in the, in the Return of the Jedi, you see him in the celebration, and it's like one of the only times you see him without a helmet, and it kind of, it, it throws you off for a second, because you're like, who is that guy? I don't remember this guy, because you're so used to uh. only seeing him with the helmet on the entire time in the trilogy. Uh, but yeah, see that tangent? That's why, like, that's why it hit me with such a good note. And, uh, yeah, so you get Witch, you get Luke, you get Han, and all of those just, oh, God, those were all the best parts of the movie. Like, you... Like, Han Solo's stuff is, like, the number one, my number one favorite moment of this film. My number two favorite moment is Luke basically just fucking around. My number yeah. three moment is, I would honestly, actually, my number three moment is probably the Rey-Kylo Ren fight, which ensues with, that leads into the, the Han Solo moment. After that, it's just Wedge being like, nice shot, Lando. <laughs> and then after that, it's every scene with the Emperor because they just like to fuck around and just be like, yes, excellent. I'm in the movie again. I've got to strike me down. <laughs> That's why I cracked up. I forget if it was if someone said something to me and was like, can you believe the Emperor was able to lightning all those ships? Was that you or was that someone else? That might have been someone else because I thought I I don't know. It, that was an impressive shot. Yeah, I thought, so like it wasn't impossible. But basically, yes. Yeah, so the you know in the movie, the emperor basically just shoots his lightning up and just starts disabling all the ship's systems, so they're all falling towards the planet to like crash just, and blow up. Just and, the rebellion ships, which was impressive. yeah, and and someone's like, "What the fuck is this? How is he able to do that?" And I just I was like. I just look at them, and I'm like, dude, he has unlimited power. What the fuck do you yeah. think is going to happen? And they're like, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's like in the Revenge of the Sith, he's like, unlimited power. And like, I think, like, uh, oh, God, where was it? Like, I guess that means, that, like, back on the second Death Star... I guess either he was toning down his power so as to not blow up the Death Star, or he was just like, 
legitimately like i just want luke to suffer and die Ah, you will die because he could have just like exploded him by like snapping his finger oh no yeah definitely and uh um if you notice but during this movie and actually during the second time i watched it if people looked over at me i was straight up just like you could tell how much into this fucking movie i was not because of like oh i love this like it's a great film it was more of just like this is so fucking this is so fucking ridiculous i'm just going with it fuck it out it's over like uh, james do you remember what i said after the after we walked out of the theater after the premiere uh, so you we said a lot you of were things. like you were telling me you had all these questions you were like how did this happen how did this blah, blah, blah. and you're having me like all this shit and i just look at you and i said dude i don't care anymore and i don't <laughs> oh, yeah. i straight up after watching that movie i don't care I don't care about having questions answered. I don't care about like what happens next, all this stuff. It, 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 which isn't necessarily, it's because basically this trilogy is just, it's fucking, I, it, it, I don't know. It's people, it's fucking, you were on a fucking acid trip and you were high the whole time and you're like, well, what happened? I don't know what happened, which like, we'll talk about the trilogy after. But yeah, okay. for me, it just, I just didn't care anymore. I, I, it's not a good thing. To be honest, like, it's more of the, like, I, I've lost that connection, in a way, at least for the Disney Star Wars that they've done like this. This specific Skywalker's trilogy with, like, everything around it and just the direction Disney's been going with it. And at the same time, it allowed me just to feel not a sense of, like, oh, God, I need this to happen in this new movie. It just put me into a state of just, like, fuck it, whatever, I'm just gonna roll with this shit, I don't care, who cares about this shit, I'm just gonna fucking, it basically, it, they prequeled it for me, it was just like, ah, fucking, ah. so, like, you look at me the whole time, whenever they show the Emperor, I basically had my hands out, like, <laughs> his lightning stuff, and I was just like, eh, 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 and I was, like, making eye contact with people, just being like, yes, yes, and they're just like shaking their heads like what the fuck and i'm like it's come to this it's come to this you motherfuckers because <laughs> i'm just done but yeah so on to the palpatine shit so it turns out so all right i'm gonna read to you this reddit post which uh it's 116 james just letting you know yeah i know so we might uh, have do to like s- pause and yeah. like finish it after i get back from class but we'll see yeah. Do you want to stop now or do you want to stop at one thirty? Let's just stop at one thirty. Let's keep going. For okay. Now. So we're gonna go for fourteen more minutes, guys. So basically, we'll try to get a little bit more done, but most likely we're gonna have to continue this after. Yeah, uh, we started. You like guys won't notice. It's just gonna be a clear like, and we're back or something, and it's still in the same episode. You just not even. Yeah. Gonna, it'll be like a, a second, but really for us, it's gonna be like two hours or three hours or something. Yeah, we okay. just we thought we would have time to talk about all of this stuff before I had to go to class at, like, 2. But we started a little bit late. My computer fucked up, like, twice. And so we're going to probably have to fin- finish this after my class. But like like Han said, you it shouldn't be a problem for you guys. Yeah. So I there was a whole discussion on um, this chat group I have with a lot of friends I went to school with, which... People I talk to on there are these are all people we all went to art school together, so we have a lot of film majors. We have people that are just heavily into the like back behind the scenes shit, concepts, everything else. We have artists. We have me, the sound person. Like we have all these people that basically 
have all these backgrounds and this kind of stuff and have spent a lot of time explore, uh, exploring these backgrounds, exploring like the behind the scenes shit. Also arguing about things all over the place. Like we've gone up and down about all these fucking movies, whether it's guardians of the galaxy or fucking two or like star Wars and shit like that. Like we, we uh, DC movies, everything we, we've gone up and down above the walls. This movie we all pretty much agreed on, which is hilarious. Um, one of them though, found this interesting post from Reddit from a profile called Lucasfilm Insider, which apparently has actually usually, I think, if I'm if I if I'm correct, now I, this is all conjecture, but like uh, it seems like a source that would have correct um, information whenever uh, dispersed to people, and they sent a post about the making of this movie and everything else, and I'm going to read the entire post, but. It actually is something I am inclined to believe because it actually makes a lot of sense. It really, it seems, it's something that doesn't feel like it's made up. It's unverified, guys. So take this with a grain of salt, but still, I personally, just based on like the, where it's coming from and the hunch, the like, you know, that kind of gut feeling, uh, it doesn't feel like it's wrong. Like it could be wrong, but I personally believe it but okay so i'm gonna read it to you guys this is a little bit of time so it'll be, take a few minutes maybe all right this is word for word uh what i know about the rise of skywalker production uh like i said reddit name lucasfilm insider uh after colin had left the project uh which uh really fast to say colin colin trevorrow he was the guy that directed jurassic world he was originally going to direct the third movie but he didn't instead they brought back jj abrams but okay so after Colin had left the project, Ryan Johnson was immediately Lucasfilm's top choice to take over. However, Iger and Horn weren't impressed with The Last Jedi and thought it was a step down from The Force Awakens. This prompted Iger to personally offer Abrams the gig. JJ was not a fan of The Last Jedi. Actually, that's putting it gently. He absolutely loathed The Last Jedi and has some serious beef with Ryan Johnson. He only came back if he could have complete creative control and wouldn't have to compromise with Kennedy or Lucasfilm Story Group, or, or the Lucasfilm Story Group. JJ's first move was to consult with George Lucas on the story of Episode Nine. They came up with a story that had strong connections to the Clone Wars TV show, which featured the Dagger of Mortis and, and, and Matt Smith as the son of Mortis, which would have been the film's antagonist. The hmm. story also used many elements from George Lucas's unused sequel trilogy treatments. Disney <clears throat> really wanted this movie to be another Force Awakens in the sense that it will it will unite all fans and be at least initially universally loved. After Solo's flop at the box office, The Last Jedi backlash, and the decline in Star Wars merch, it was paramount for Disney that Episode Nine be a success with fans. They did not want another Last Jedi on their hands. The film's direction changed radically during the around midway of principal photography. JJ told the Disney execs that this film wouldn't satisfy and unite all fans. This is where the, uh, the studio meddling began, which led to the second abandonment of George Lucas's ideas. Nearly every story detail from the initial script was either completely abandoned or bastardized. Palpatine was always to have a presence in this movie, but was not alive or as the main villain. The main villain was to be the son of Mortis. Disney feared that the general audiences would be alienated as they wouldn't know who son, the, who son of Mortis was, which would make the 
the movie harder to market, and this led to the choice of replacing the son with Palpatine, and Matt Smith was completely removed from the movie. Uh, hang on. I have to find a... Uh, so... Disney ordered extensive reshoots that went on throughout the year, leading up until early October. J.J. Abrams was not happy with many of the changes that Disney made to The Rise of Skywalker. I don't know the specifics, but let's just say he isn't at all pleased with the final product. Essentially, the majority of the movie was reshot and reconfigured this year at the same time, leaving a ton of important scenes on the cutting room floor. I don't have any more new details on the making of The Rise of Skywalker other than that I'm hoping that this post gets people with better sources this post gets people with better sources to give out more details. And there was also really fast there were small comments about it too where someone asked I heard JJ and Ryan this is from someone named LF Spy 2. I heard JJ and Ryan did not get along at all. Uh, JJ and Trevorrow did. <laughs> Ryan and Trevorrow didn't like each other either. Lots of production issues on this trilogy. Lucasfilm Insider then said that is true. In JJ's original outline, had Luke survived until episode not, uh, uh, in JJ's original outline, it had Luke survive until episode nine, with nine being the film where Luke passes. This was something that Colin was fighting hard to keep, but Ryan, uh, KK, aka Kathleen Kennedy, and Carrie Hart wanted Luke dead in The Last Jedi. I also Why? know for a fact that the Lucasfilm story group hates George Lucas, J.J. Abrams, <laughs> and Colin Trevorrow. They only like Ryan. Really? Uh, there's one more question. Uh, this is for the OP. Uh, this is from uh, New Equipment. I don't know why that's their name. Uh, this is for the OP, but has there been talk of a different cut of the movie, like how there was with there was the rumor of three different cuts of the film? Or was that made up? People are saying there exists a Lucas cut or a J. Abrams cut, uh, what, or a J.J. Abrams cut. Uh, what's your response to that? Lucas Shulman Setter then said, The film they were filming in 2018 was the version of Episode 9 that J.J. and Terrio wrote based on a story that J.J. and George came up with in late 2017. Uh, J.J. went to George to ask for his help coming up with a story for Episode 9 since all of J.J.'s plot threads and ideas that he had from The Force Awakens were all but destroyed in The Last Jedi. Let's call that cut the J.J. Lucas yep. cut. Disney was not impressed with the J.J. Lucas cut and feared it would be another Last Jedi. They ordered to completely change it. That's why this film had a ton of reshoots. The film in theaters now is the Iger cut, which is Disney completely changing the initial film into what they thought would be the most profitable version of it. There is only those two versions of the film. However, there were there are numerous different versions of the climax specifically some are slight variations from each other and others are just completely different however i seriously doubt that jj lucas cut is anywhere close to being finished so it's not something you'd get released like a snyder cut okay release the snyder cut guys hashtag uh but if you listen to everything there you know exactly where to point the finger and what happened, and exactly who wanted to do what. So if you look at it, there's It sounds two... like it's basically Disney, and like the higher-ups at Disney were just like, make us the most amount of money possible. And Kathleen Kennedy, who's in charge of Lucasfilm. Okay. So which also... Which also, sorry, but like to... I know we're going to get into the whole trilogy later, but it really feels like the main problem is that like they did not have 
a goal at the beginning other than just make money. Yes. And that's why they had three directors and then eventually just two and like no cohesion between the movies. Let's, let's save this for later. (laughs) Yeah. We'll, we'll do that after when you come back, but I'll just say this as a closing note or like, let's just talk about these quotes basically. Yeah. Yeah. So for those that don't know, the son of Mortis is from a Clone Wars that James, did you see that episode at all? No, I've heard, I heard about this Reddit post and it sounded really interesting and it made me want to like look into that. So the Son of Mortis is from a specific Clone Wars episode where basically Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka crash land. Like, they basically somehow land on this crazy planet that's like, it's like the origins of the Force planet, basically. And you have this guy who's like the All-Father or High-Father or something who's basically like the father of the Force. And he's just this very neutral guy. And he has two children. His daughter, who is basically the... Uh, the light side incarnate, who is basically the light side as a person, and his son, who is the dark side incarnate, who is the dark side as a person, and the whole thing is like the dark. The son is named the son of Mortis, and I believe the, the All Father's name is Mortis or something. I'm not really sure. I can't remember exactly, but it all ends up with like, uh, the son and the sister. The son loves the sister and stuff. Not like that, but like basically. He has no ill will against her and everything else. He just hates his father. And there's a whole thing where basically each character gets dragged by one of the gods. Like, in a sense, they're like gods. And the son of Mortis basically tries to seduce Anakin, and it kind of shows Anakin what happens as Darth Vader. And then he becomes Darth Vader, and Anakin, like, freaks out. And he's like, oh, Jesus, I don't want this to happen to me. And Ahsoka is taken by the light side avatar, and she shows her everything as well. And Ahsoka's like, oh, Jesus. And they basically kind of have them fight each other. And because they're like uh, kind of being infected by each side, like Ahsoka by the light side, Anakin by the dark side. And then Obi-Wan, I believe, talks to like the High Father and all this shit. And he's like that neutral kind of like overseeing thing. What ends up happening is all of their minds kind of get wiped of this whole adventure. And they come out of it just like on their ship, like what the fuck just happened? And that's why Anakin doesn't know about the Darth Vader stuff. But basically, in the Clone War, like Anakin was like horrified by what he would become he did not want that he he saw like what the evils passed it and what would happen and then you get the whole really interesting yeah and it's amazing and it's basically like think of them as like the gods themselves of these force powers and the whole thing was then the dark side would have been the villain in that movie for jabram's and lucas that made that and that's why that, that dagger sounds was so there. much fucking cooler than and that's why like, the dead speak <laughs> and you remember the casting rumors and everything else when they were confirming people they said matt smith was one of them i vaguely remember that i remember that they, it was like back then they were talking about matt smith and uh carrie russell specifically and then later on you got like naomi aki and stuff being cast into it as well and like billy d williams but that was a legit thing. Like, that's how I, I realized I, that's what made me believe it. Because I remember all the talk of Matt Smith. Like, they even said, they're like, yeah, he's joining for sure. And you're like, oh, shit, what the hell is he going to be? And they tried to uh, rumor it as an Imperial officer or something, I think. Or that's what everyone assumed. Because you're like, oh, he looks very, you know, he's that, that British guy and everything else. But yeah. that's why I believe all of that. And we got one part of that truth already. Where like ter- like they it kind of talks about Disney meddling and Kathleen Kennedy and stuff. Uh, that whole Palpatine area was not J.J. Abrams or Chris Terry's idea. Chris Terry even confirms it, saying that it was Kathleen Kennedy 
who put Palpatine in there. Not them. So we're going to leave it on that note. But that is why the Palpatine (laughs) stuff does not fit. And that's honestly all we need to say about it. But when we come back, so like I said, that's a good way to put it. It really just does not fit. Exactly. And that's all we'll do for now. Um, We'll be back. This will all be one episode when we come back. Uh, You'll hear us in like a minute. And it's just going to be like a few hour difference. It's like two to three hours difference for us. But once James is like back after half hour from his classes, oh, we'll yeah. continue this. Um, yeah, my class then. ends at three. I should be back at like three thirty or something. I probably yeah. should eat something though. Me too. Um, I just eat fast, man. We gotta get we gotta get this yeah, shit done seriously. Because uh, the hope is, guys, we'll also have episode thirty five done today too. Uh, this will be out today if I can help it. This will be out today on Friday, and then we'll get episode thirty five on Monday if if this works. Um. But we'll be, like I said, when we're back, we're going to talk about the trilogy. We're going to talk about the Disney Star Wars in general, the TV shit. And, of course, we're going to basically just praise Mandalorian. It'll be a fun time. Don't worry about it, guys. But, uh, yeah, so we'll see you in a little bit. Well, folks, we are back. You probably didn't even notice we were gone, considering uh, it's still going, basically. But we were basically gone for about uh, three hours, I'd say. Um, So what we were talking about, we just finished wrapping up, really, talking about characters and a lot of like the their differences in the movies and everything else uh but we're just going to finish up with rise of skywalker specifically just by kind of finishing our statements of it kind of like how we feel about it as a whole and then we're going to just uh talk about the trilogy yeah yeah so for me like i said before i thought it was very entertaining uh it's not something like watching it a second time. I wasn't angry when I watched it. Like I said, I, I just, I didn't care anymore. So it didn't give me that negative feeling that, or at least that more like shaking hand, shaking fist feeling that Last Jedi did. So I'd say I'd like it more than Last Jedi easily. Uh, it's not as good as Force Awakens, but it, it just stands in the middle of just kind of being like a limbo movie, if anything, where... It's, it's fun, it is, like, a, really rushed, it doesn't really stay cohesive, it's, it kind of breaks apart a lot, but you have a good time with it, it has great cameos, overall it's like a five, I'd say, four and a half to five, really, like I'd say it's all, it's just a very, ind- it's an indifferent movie for me, so, so it's like your, right in the middle. on your scale, that's like an average Yes. Yes. It's right. like a. It's okay. It's fine. Uh, well, uh, it, it's it's uh it's fine. I guess. Uh, I don't know what's better, okay or fine. If it's the same thing, but yeah. It's it's basically it's an indifference. It's 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 passable, at best. Yeah, I hadn't really thought too much about putting like a number score on it. Really, I just like it's really hard to rate this movie for me because. Like, on the one hand, like like we were saying before, music is amazing, the sound effects are amazing, the visual effects are amazing. Like, the acting is f- pretty good, too. I just... It's just... There are too many things that don't make sense to me. That, like, come out of nowhere. Like we said, the, the Palpatine coming back makes no sense. Uh, we don't even really get much of an explanation for it. It's just like, oh, you know, the Sith knew, like, crazy dark magic and, like, 
cloning and stuff. Uh, maybe that's what he did. I don't know. But, like, I don't know. I, I don't want to start launching into every single problem I have with the movie because th- we would literally be here for, like, another two hours. Yeah, it, which it, we really don't need to be. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, there are parts of the movie that I legitimately enjoyed but are just, like, ruined by all the things that I was like, that makes no sense. So, uh, I guess, like, a good example, I, and I, I know I started getting into it earlier, but, like, the scene at the end where, like, a, like thousands and thousands of civilian ships show up to fight the First Order, like, I thought that was a really cool message that, like, yeah, even against, like, an impossibly powerful government or whatever, or just, like, this organization, the Final Order, if every single, like, normal person stood together, like, there still would be, like, an overwhelming force against them. Like, I really like that message, but after having spent the entire movie explaining exactly how impossible it is to get to Exegol... I just didn't buy that, like, all of those ships could show up out of nowhere without the First Order or Last Order knowing, like, that didn't make any sense. They introduced the concept of, like, the dyad or the Force dyad, and that, they don't explain that very well. I, uh, again, I have a lot of problems. One of my biggest problems probably is just, like, I did some, like, rough math on exactly how many people would be required to staff the many, many Star Destroyers that Palpatine was somehow secretly making over 30 years, it, which also were somehow buried under the surface of the planet for some reason. I don't know, other than a cool visual effect. So I looked it up, but according to the Wikipedia, a the old Imperial Star Destroyers typically staffed about, including like a battalion of soldiers and all the officers and engineers and just people staffing the ship. And this is not including anything like dreadnoughts that the First Order also has. Uh, that they usually have something like 46,785 uh, people staffing a typical Empire Star Destroyer. And I couldn't find any exact number for what the First Order has in number of ships, but I, I assumed conservatively to be able to police the entire galaxy they would need at least like 5,000 star destroyers to like move around from planet to planet and there's a line in uh the rise of skywalker where general pride general pride uh whatever legion general pride yeah okay he says that if they accept this final order fleet from this mysterious emperor or whatever, that it would increase their forces 10,000-fold. So if you do some rough math and you do, like, the 46,785 times, like, the 5,000 First Order ships conservatively, and then times that 10,000-fold, that literally is, like, over 2 trillion people required to staff those Star Destroyers that the First Order, or that the Final Order, that the Emperor made. Like, and again, you did mention before earlier that like it's an it's a huge galaxy. Maybe they could just find that many people, but I feel like that is an impossible number of people 
to secretly whisk away to this impossible to get to planet and no one knew about the emperor for 30 years i don't know it's shit like that that bothers me like a lot only questions i have are when you say there's five thousand ships is that a rough estimate number that you found or is this a guess you just have this is like a rough guess i like okay because i'm just gonna say this i really tried to find let's say um there are usually maybe in a system not a planet but a system of of uh, planets maybe like three okay start destroyers usually like if you look at they attacked the rebel base on hoth how many did they have a whole fleet of star destroyers or were they just like three Attacking the entire Rebel Alliance. Uh, I honestly, I can't remember. It was just like three of them. Okay. And then going through like the whole thing. Yeah, there wasn't like a whole giant like, there wasn't like a dozen different Star Destroyers there. It was just only a few. Okay, so in episode eight, how many Star Destroyers showed up to follow, uh, to attack supposedly the last of the, res- uh, the Resistance? Maybe like half a dozen at most. Uh, yeah. It wasn't that many, honestly. It was just like a few because they were e- they easily outclassed the uh, the resistance guys. I-, I can't remember exactly how many it was, but it wasn't something that was like a numerous number where you're like, "Whoa, look at the background." No, it was just no, no. Kinda like, like oh, okay, this is like the first time we've seen like literally hundreds, if not thousands, of star destroyers. Like, li- literally, it was so many that they couldn't fit them all on one screen, uh, which yeah. was visually impressive, but. I don't know. I like. I tried to look at Reddit and see like if anyone knew like a specific answer for how many ships the First Order had, and it, it, a lot. There was like a lot of debate because they were saying like, well, they couldn't have that many because they weren't able to destroy the Republic. But then most of the people were saying like, well, no. But according to Episode Eight, they like basically were ruling the entire galaxy after having destroyed the Republic, and so if they have to be like everywhere that would i would assume be like a decent amount of ships because galaxies are huge i mean look at the republic yeah. senate uh, there were outside. like the republic senate in the prequel trilogy there were like thousands of uh of systems within that uh senate yeah so i would say don't forget, too, when they say... Do they say number of forces that would increase or just their power? You know, I am not 100% sure of the because exact wording, but he, I the basically... The First Order fleet doesn't have Death Star rays on them yet, but yeah. these ones do. So I would say that might count in terms of firepower is what he's saying. You know... Because that would having, actually... well, going from a fleet of a bunch of ships that just can basically fight other ships... And with maybe a lot of concentrated fire, eventually could destroy a planet. Like they said before with like, oh, no Star Destroyer could do that. Yeah. Uh, these ones basically... Oop, I forgot to fucking silence this shit. Uh, these ones, each one individually can basically sum up that type of power, which most likely means like... I mean, like, honestly, it means probably like each one is their own like collection of like kyber crystals they probably use to fucking power them up if, if that's what they still use. I'm not even sure. To be honest. Which also is supposed to be impossible at this point. Yeah, but yeah, it's. I mean, the whole thing is wonky. But I would say, don't look too much into it, especially with like. Yeah, it's yeah, just. It's not it's, that big of a deal. It's one of those things that I just couldn't help, but 
think when I saw that screen full of Star Destroyers, I was just like, dude, those things are huge. Like, how yeah. many people are on those ships? How do they get all those ships here? Did they build them there? Like, I don't know. Just the thinking of the logistics of how this would could make sense, it just didn't make sense. So it's it's things like that that pulled me out of the movie and made it hard for me to just, like, enjoy it. And that was like in the which, big... like I feel like that was something you asked me afterwards too, in which you know yeah. my answer, right? You remember my yeah, answer? Yeah, you were just like, I don't care. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't no, care. but you don't I'm understand. Give, give shit. <laughs> like you don't I'm understand. I need to know why this makes sense. Horn. It's fine. It's fine. yeah. But so, okay. So I get back okay, to so what I, we were actually talking about. Yeah, I guess if I were to put a final number on this movie, for me it would be like like a three or a four on your scale. Cause like, okay. I would say, I, honestly, looking back again, to be honest, uh, I would actually consider it between a four and a five, just because I feel like it's me for a four for me is very much mediocre. So a four is mediocre uh, in terms of film or like lackluster. Uh, so I'd say between four and five, but it, it I, could be a five, but it just, uh, it depends day to day for me. <laughs> I, I think, like, honestly, I've been thinking about it so much that, like, I was so, like, taken aback by how much I, like, actually just did not like Rise of Skywalker that I was like, is it possible that the prequel trilogy is actually better than this? So I went back and watched them, and probably not, no. Like, the, I think you're right. This movie is much more enjoyable just because, like, the characters are better written and better acted and it's just it is more fun to watch but there are really interest like i don't know did did we want to get into the prequel trilogy much uh, so no. i'll save this for later uh, i would say the only thing i would say for the prequel trilogy if you want to compare them uh we save it to literally this will be one to two minutes long max but at least in my perspective uh People, when they talk about people with trilogy now, who knows what the hell anyone's saying at this point. But for me, uh, I'd say the prequel trilogy still does not hold up against this new trilogy in a way. Um, new trilogy is better scripting dialogue. Uh, so right then and there, that makes it a lot more cohesive yeah. in a lot of different ways. Or like, it's it's just you're just like, oh, okay, I'm not like fucking scoffing at what I'm hearing going like, ah, oh, except for like parts of, like I said, like Rise uh, Skywalker where you're like the, all the Palpatine shit. Yeah. But it, it's just better written. That said, the prequels are still looking back 20 times more original because they actually stick to their own concepts. They don't try to really mimic uh the original trilogy much at all uh it, it's very separate and they don't it's it, they just feel like their own thing you, you're not yeah. really trying to look for like the similarities or anything you're just like yep that's that all right yeah like going back and watching the prequel trilogy the, it definitely still has like just dialogue issues just people people talk in ways that people don't talk or whatever it just doesn't seem like the characters are written in a believable way. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. But, oh, uh, 
but there's still like a skeleton of a really interesting story behind the whole trilogy and it is interesting to watch all the way through because you do get to see slowly Emperor Palpatine granted it's extremely obvious what he is doing but but it is interesting to see him like try to like in- get his power or like or get into political power oh my god i forgot it's i super completely cool. forgot to talk about that for a split second guys the i fucking lost it when he starts uh sucking ray and kylo ren's souls away for those that haven't watched it shame on you but not this movie i don't give a shit about this for those that haven't watched the movie hocus pocus shame on you you should have watched it it's one of the best fucking movies for halloween ever period uh, but in it, there's basically these three witches that suck the souls of children by literally, like, coming up to them and, like, like, as if they're, like, sucking on a straw, but they're, they're just, like, you see someone's soul leaving their body and they're just, like, <laughs> like, they're, in, like, they're sucking up wind, like, air, basically, and they're just, like, and it's, 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 like, you don't, you're, like, yeah, that's the, what the witches do, and you never think much more of it, and then the minute I'm, like, in there, the fucking premiere, just watching it, and then you see Stop Palpatine just, like, basically <laughs> sucking their souls. That's the only thing I could think of, and I'm just like, oh my god, he's a witch. I should've... Holy shit, he's just say He's sucking in the kids' souls. He's sucking in the children's souls so he can stay young forever. It is literally the concept. Kathleen Kennedy said, oh, let's take the concept of Hocus Pocus yeah. and put it in Palpatine so he can suck the souls of children so he can stay young forever. <laughs> it's so fucking ridiculous. But, oh my god, it's... Just watch those two things back-to-back. Just just watch that clip, and then watch the clip of the Emperor. You're gonna see exactly what I'm talking about, and you're gonna lose your mind. It's just gonna break you. It's beautiful. Okay, so... The trilogy as a whole... For the... Skywalker... I guess we'll call it... So we have the original trilogy, we have the prequel trilogy, and this is the sequel trilogy. So, for the sequel trilogy... I would say it is highly, highly rushed. It yeah. is not planned well. It's There's no good strategy behind it whatsoever. Agreed. Uh, I would say Disney screwed up immensely the minute they said, let's have three different directors write and direct these movies. Yeah, I absolutely that, think that's the main issue. It's just like, why would you... Like, at least... The other movies in the saga, George Lucas was, like, the main dude in charge of everything, so it has a cohesive vision. But, like, yeah, these three movies, having initially planned three different directors, just obviously didn't work. And it didn't even work anyway, because it ended up being two direct directors, and then they were just, like, butting heads in terms of, like, the direction it's supposed to go. And basically, they, in Disney's haste to create a quick trilogy to make a quick buck to get it out there fast, the minute they made that deal, yeah, they, like, oh, they shit, made that we deal with George. Four billion dollars. We gotta make some billions back. Let's, let's quick. Let's make this money back quick. Throw a movie out every single fucking year. That's a great idea, right? Let's just let's marvelize the shit out of Star Wars because that's working so well for Marvel, which it actually is. To let's extent. make a mediocre, but it's also Han making Solo everyone. Movie. I'm fucking like at certain days. I'm tired of fucking Marvel. I'm just like uh, three movies a year. Leave me alone. Get the fuck out. Yeah. But for Star Wars, 
you don't do that to Star Wars. There's only six movies in existence throughout how many decades, and now you're like, let's make five in five years, or six in six years. The original plan was six movies. And only the, the episodes would be only like two, a year apart, really. It'd be like skip every other year or something. Or no, yeah, that's what it was. And it didn't work. And the, in because they tried to rush it out, they, they basically started sprinting and then tripped and fell down the fucking hill. And... If they had, honestly, J.J. Abrams could have done a great thing with this if they just gave it to him. Uh, it probably oh, yeah. he'd have gray hair by the end of it and look like George Lucas probably. <laughs> but he or look like without without like a beard and mustache. I don't think J.J. Abrams could grow anything to be honest. Like looking at him, he's got like baby face. But he could have cohesively created this full storyline that would have made a lot more sense. Who knows, it might not have been as, as people quote-unquote say edgy as Last Jedi, look how that worked out, but it would have been, it, I don't think it would have been like safe-safe, like like I said, Force Awakens is what exactly it would have started out as, and then they could have done so much more. Uh, even I think they even made changes to Force Awakens, there were other plot details to that too, where it was literally, it's a bunch of kids trying to return the lightsaber to Luke Skywalker, <laughs> that was the fucking plot it sounded like at one point. Yeah. Huh. And overall, this trilogy is just so bent out of shape, it doesn't even make any sense. It's like, if you look at it, the original trilogy is like, alright, here's this nicely shaped, just smooth slope that you just go straight down on, and you're like, this is fun. The, the prequels is like a, a loop where you're just like, alright, it's a little rusty, it's fine, it's, you know. I'm having a good time, but you know I'm gonna check for tetanus after. I don't, I don't know if I've been infected with something. I think there's like a needle at the bottom, maybe at the slide for the slope and stuff. But whatever, it's okay. I'm comparing them as slides. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So original trilogy is smooth, just like a great ride. Prequels, there's a little bit of rust there, and then there's needles at the bottom. It's a little weird. You're just like ah, eh, but at least it's like you're not falling off it. It just it holds together. The new trilogy. It's like, yo, what's this? It's fucking, why is there a hole in this slide? What the fuck is happening? This kid fell off of it. Fucking, part of it's broken. Uh, this one looks nice in the beginning, and then all of a sudden, like, there's, like, I don't know why there's a spike on one piece. You get cut on the way down. Like, what's going on with this shit? It's just fucking broken. It's, it doesn't even, it doesn't even build. It's not even a bridge. You can't, it's not a set trilogy. It's, you can't even call it a trilogy. It barely. It could like, almost be just like three entirely separate movies, and like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's really like if they made ten, you could have just pushed eight out and been like, yeah, this is the sequel trilogy. That actually would have been fucking hilarious if they had done that. It, it, it just look at it like James Bond, be like, oh yeah, uh, Casino Rails, uh, fucking. Force Awakens, Quantum of Solace is Last Jedi. It's just like a weird 1.5. You kind of had it there as like probably like a weird like I don't know what this is. And all of a sudden you got like Last Jedi, no, no, Last Jedi, fucking Rise of Skywalker is Skyfall if it was done well. And then like 10 would be whatever Spectre is. And then you know just fucking make it like that. I don't know why I pulled this out of nowhere with James Bond. I'm just bringing it back to the beginning when we talk about James Bond, but. You know, it just makes sense. Does it? I don't know. I've lost my mind through this. I hate Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, Star Wars. Yeah, 
Like, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> so, like I said, I watched, like, basically all of the Star Wars movies leading up to Episode Nine, except for the prequel trilogy, because I was like, fuck that, until I watched Episode Nine, and I was like, now I need to watch the prequel trilogy to see if it's, like, any better than the new trilogy. Dude, I have no issue watching the prequel trilogy whenever, like, it's, it, it's like, I'm, I am mean, I have a good time. What, what's wrong with having a good time? It's got its stupid moments, but it's not as bad as I exactly remember it Besides, being. I'd say Revenge of the Sith is probably still better than most of these movies for the new ones. That's the funny thing. Like, I still think that, like, uh, The Force Awakens by itself is a really good movie. Like, I had a lot of fun watching that, and I, I didn't personally care too much uh, like a lot of people did, that it was a rehash of a lot of the themes from episode four. But like, there's a lot of recurring themes in most of Star Wars anyway, because of Lucas's idea of like, I want my movies to rhyme or whatever. Yeah. Like, so that didn't bother me. I just thought it was a really fun movie, introduced some really interesting new characters. And then. Like you said, because there was, like, no direction to this trilogy, or at least no um, overarching direction or whatever. Because obviously it had yeah. directors. Whatever. You know what I mean. It, it's just, like, it was super weird that they, they set up a bunch of interesting <laughs> shit in Episode 7. And then in Episode 8, the next director was like, nah, fuck that shit. I'm going to do my own thing. And, like kill off emperors or, or supreme leader snoke and i'm gonna make kylo ren the big bad guy who's completely irredeemable at this point and then in episode nine the like original director comes back and he's like nah fuck that entire last movie except for like the force connection thing it just was super weird that like well, I mean, to put it in a short sentence, it went, check this out, fuck you, no fuck you. That's the trilogy. Basically. And yeah. that just, like, <laughs> bothers me. That, yeah, this is, like you said, this is fucking Star Wars. Like, how do you take something with the history of Star Wars and you're like, yeah, no, we can make a quick buck out of this. Let's just start making movies and it'll just work out. Which I'm not gonna lie, but I mean, it, it showed Disney can't. They they weren't able to handle it. They failed with what they had. Uh-huh. And back when it we it was first announced, I was excited as all hell. I was like, Star Wars movies in the sixties? That's crazy! And I never thought of it because I was also like, that was how many years ago? That was 2012. That was like seven years ago. Damn, it's eight years ago now. When they bought it, I think it was like the purchase is like eight years ago. So that means eight years ago, everyone's like, oh, shit, this should be cool. And then a few people were like, they had time to plan this shit out. That's some bullshit. No, they didn't. They, they took, they went too fast because that first movie came, what, 2016? Did it? No, 2015. It came out in 2015. That means they only had Star Wars for three years. Ugh. And they already were basically, like, quick six movies. Yeah. And the sad thing is it's not, like, all the Disney Star Wars are bad. Because, like, I still think Rogue One is pretty fucking great. So that brings us to the next area. So Disney Star Wars films as a whole. Yeah. All right. So what I'm going to do, I want to do three things, James. I want to do first, I'm going to ask you, 
I'm going to name a, a Disney movie, and you're going to say success or failure, if you think that movie is a success or failure overall. Doesn't mean if you like it or not, it's just what, if you consider it a success or failure. And then um, I want you to, after that, we're going to rank from, like, highest to lowest for Star Wars Disney ones. And then we're going to rank overall all the live-action Star Wars films. Sound okay. good? Yeah, sure. All right. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, someone literally parked their car by having it go into the back of my car. Uh, it doesn't look damaged so far, but basically they're completely, like, completely touching. And I'm, like, waiting for them to come back, but I don't know how long they're going to be. So I'm, like, going to be running out back and forth. We'll see what's going on. Uh, so you might hear some stuff in the background just because I have, like, a garage and another door open to the outside. Some people. Whew. Yeah. So what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So uh, Star Wars... Um, Success failure for the five movies. Um, rank them and then rank the Star Wars movies as a whole. Alright, so I'm going to name off the Star Wars Disney movies and say success or failure. Uh, Force Awakens. Success. Uh, Rogue One. Success. Last Jedi. Failure. Solo. Failure. Rise of Skywalker. Absolute failure. Okay. For me, literally exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, I thought Force Awakens and Solo were successes. The other three I Solo? consider all failures. No. What'd I say? You said Force Awakens and Solo were successes? Force Awakens Rogue One. Oh, yeah, Solo okay. was mediocre. Yeah, so uh, I consider, yeah, the, the other, basically the latter three failure, the first two good. Uh, or success. Now... From highest to lowest, can you rank the five movies? Uh, probably Rogue One would be number one for me, just because it can stand alone by itself, and it actually fits into the original three movies a little bit, and it like doesn't ruin it. It's like a legitimately really good movie, and I actually appreciate that like literally none of the main characters get out alive. Like, that's how high stakes the movie was. Uh, I, which is also something I didn't expect from, like, a Disney movie. Uh, and then probably The Force Awakens, because, like I said, I still really legitimately enjoy that as the start of a good trilogy. It just is, unfortunately, in hindsight, ruined because the next two movies do, like, nothing good with what it started with. Um, and then probably... I don't know, probably Solo, and then maybe The Last Jedi, not The Last Jedi, uh, Rise of Skywalker, just slightly above uh, uh, The Last Jedi, just because, like, there were so many problems with The Last Jedi, uh, like, thematically, that I just, it's one of those things where, like, I it's weird that I really enjoyed it the first time I watched it. But the more I watched it, the more I noticed, like, how many things just, like, don't really add up or don't make sense. And okay, it's just eventually that movie just fell apart for me. But like you said before, the I have my issues with The uh, Rise of Skywalker, but at least it's an entertaining movie overall. So I guess 
if you like completely cut the last Jedi out of this trilogy, episode nine and episode seven are like kind of okay together. I guess. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, for me, uh, I would say it's pretty much almost exactly the same. Um, Rogue One at number one, that movie was original and just stood on its own very well. Force Awakens did indeed start it off great at a safe way, but still just, it worked, I liked it as well. Uh, then Last Jedi, not Last Jedi, god damn it, I keep doing that, fucking, I hate, I'll, Rise of Skywalker, uh, as I'd say number three. Um, it at least was more eventful and had more moments I actually cared about than Solo did, whereas Solo I completely forgot about, which is number four. Uh, I even talked to someone, I was like, yeah, you know, so what about, where do you see Solo in, like, all the movies? And then they were like, I completely forgot that movie happened. And then, uh, in last would be Last Jedi. Now, how would you rank, uh, these five along with the prequel and original trilogy? Uh... That's going to be really difficult because, like, I still want to say the prequel trilogy is still, like, pretty bad just because, like, the writing is so, like, cringy and stuff like that. Uh, so, I don't want to say, like, out of spite <laughs> that these... Just, I would just say list them and just see how you feel as you list them without too much, just, like, more of a, like, real quick. Just, we don't need to uh, go full in. Um, honestly, I'd probably put, like, The Phantom Menace is... From top to bottom. Uh, from, from top to bottom? Probably, yeah. uh, Revenge of the Sith, and then Phantom Menace and Clone Wars, and I'd probably, you said, how would I rank them within the Disney movies? Or against the Disney how movies? How would you rank all the Star Wars movies? Okay, I, ooh. Okay. That's why I was like, when That's you said you Revenge of the Sith oh, and then okay. Menace, I was like, so what are you, all the, the hell Star are you talking movies. about? Okay, so yeah. probably... Basically you know, the three trilogies and the two Yeah, as much shots. as I love the original movies, I get like the order of the names mixed up a bunch. So the second one was Empire Strikes Back? Yes. That one is probably my number one. It's like, okay. pr- it's pretty fucking fantastic. Uh, followed by A New Hope. Uh, the only reason why I, d- I put uh, Return of the Jedi at, like, number three is just because, like, I don't know, like, the the cutesy Ewok stuff seemed a little unbelievable that they were able to, like, help at all against the Empire forces. But, like, it it still was, like, a really good movie overall. And, like, especially the confrontation between, like, the Empire, or, or the Emperor Luke and Darth Vader. Like, that shit was great. Okay. But, uh... What's next? Then I probably would put the Disney movies in between, uh, the, like, the those are the original movies and the prequel movies. But I would probably put the prequel movies, as I ranked them, like, Revenge of the Sith... Um, Phantom Menace, uh, Clone Wars. No, Attack of the Clones. I'd probably put them just slightly above um, the uh, Last Jedi and um, Rise of Skywalker. Cause, like, so you put the prequels above those two? Yeah, actually. Okay. Because, so, like, 
like I said, as a whole trilogy, the prequels have some really interesting, good ideas to them. It's just that the writing kind of pulls it back. But like the, the fact that at the the new trilogy is so disjointed, it like really harms it as a full as a whole. Okay, so for me, it would be Empire Strikes Back, number one. Number two would be Return of the Jedi. Number three would be A New Hope. Number four would be Rogue One. Number five would be Force Awakens. Number six would be Revenge of the Sith. Number seven would be Rise of Skywalker. Number eight would be Solo. Number nine would be... Oh, this is where it gets hard. Number nine is a battle between Phantom Menace and The Last Jedi. Mm. So I want to say... I'm going to say Phantom Menace because of Duel of the Fates alone. That that duel itself that was, was great. Uh, number 10, Last Jedi, and the pod racing Attack like of the Clones. Attack cool. of the Clones is still the worst one. Yep. But, <laughs> yeah. But okay. So, overall, we'd say the Disney films as a whole are a failure. And they just were too rushed. I would say those are the two biggest things. Yeah. And then... Um, Absolutely. When it comes to their television area, Rebels, I thought was actually good. It felt like a step down from the Clone Wars, uh, just because of you could tell it felt like even though it was a Disney movie, it had less budget somehow, which I thought was really funny because I'm like, how do you guys have less budget than Cartoon Network when you're Disney? But okay, uh, you could actually somewhat see the differences in the animation between uh, Rebels and Clone Wars. Not the the talent, but more of like you could tell there's less money in it. Uh, and then Resistance. I know you didn't watch any of the shows besides Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, for Star Wars Resistance, if you didn't see it, I didn't even bother watching it because I just looked at the animation and just kind of the style it went. It looked like it went from, like, let's say, um, if Clone Wars was, like, Toonami. Well, actually, no. If Clone Wars was, like, Nick at Night and then Rebels was Nickelodeon during the day, it looked like Resistance was Nick Jr., Huh. In terms of, like, maturity. Okay. Because just from looking at the trailers and everything for Resistance, the animation just... They completely changed it. It looked like it was a lot more just basic. Um, I didn't like it at all, just, like, looking at it. It was like, is this something I want to watch and just be annoyed? Not even by the characters or anything else, just by looking at what it looks like. And I was like, I don't think I can do it. And then I listened to some of the characters, and they just, they looked too, they sounded too, like, more ridiculous than the first season movie of Clone Wars, where you have Ahsoka calling R2 R2-y. Oh, yeah. Like, they just looked too cartoonish for that scale, where I was like, I'm not even going to touch this one, so. I forgot they started the series with that. Yeah. So it's like, their television has been okay in the animated area. Uh, Rebels, like I said, was good. This was just, I didn't even want to touch it. Like, that's just how it made me feel. Uh, And then that brings us to the last uh, thing that's come out so far that we wanted to talk about, which is The Mandalorian as a whole. Uh, I really liked it. That was fucking great. I loved it a lot. Um, I would say it's my favorite thing of star wars i've seen since rogue one 
uh, but it's something I've enjoyed more than I would say the last time I felt that good watching something for Star Wars was probably like playing the old Star Wars Battlefront 2 game for PlayStation 2. Like I liked it that much. I I, th I think I consider liking it more than Force Awakens and Rogue One. Like it was just, it's the best thing Disney has done since getting Star Wars was this show. I've con I would I would say. Yeah, I mean, I there were a couple episodes where it felt a little fillerish. I mean, not filler because the whole thing with the show, which I would say for people is, it's very much if Star Wars was a western, so the pacing is gonna be a lot slower. Not to mention it's the first live action Star Wars show. Which means already the pacing is going to be a lot more, like, not attention span disorder than the movies. Whereas the movies, I would say, to an extent, can be, depending on them. But this one's just like, or at least for the Disney ones. Whereas this one is just very much like, take it slow, take it easy. It's just a good time. Uh, you don't have to rush anything. And the reason it's so fun, too, is because as a western of like it, it, it takes a lot you can tell john favreau even i think he even said like he took a lot of inspiration from the man with no name trilogy which is those clint eastwood movies like uh for uh, for, uh was it a fistful of money uh fistful of dollars uh for a few dollars more and the good the bad and the ugly where he basically uh took a lot of of everything everything that went on with that and just created his own take on it with Star Wars. Like, you have a lot of those references from those movies within this, where it's just about a, basically a space cowboy just going around the galaxy, but he has got basically like a baby companion that he feels something for, which honestly is very, I thought it was very heartfelt. And the whole thing with Baby Yoda, I like Baby Yoda because Baby Yoda actually works with the plot. Baby Yoda actually furthers the plot, but Baby Yoda's not a... It's not something that takes over the whole show. People act like they do with the memes, and you look online, and you're like, oh, it's a show about a little green guy? And it's like, no. He's just, like, in some scenes, but he's not the integral part of it. He's just so he adorable that he, like, it. steals the scenes that he's in. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Not entirely. But, but like yeah. you said, like, there is a reason for him to exist. It's not like the porgs. They're just there to be cute. Well, and to cover yeah. up the puffins, but whatever. But I'm going to check on my car really fast again. While I'm doing that, James, why don't you tell me how you feel, or tell the audience how you felt about The Mandalorian so far, though. How, 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 how have you felt overall on it? Okay. So, I guess overall, like, I liked the whole season. Like, every episode was at least entertaining. Like, I forget which episode it was. It was either episode three or four that seemingly most people that I saw on the internet were complaining that, like, oh, no, the Mandalorian is, like, not that good now or whatever, which I thought was odd. And I think it's just because people are afraid that because seemingly half of Star Wars is, like, not that great that, oh, no, what if the Mandalorian also isn't good? So... I think that's why people were overly critical about whichever episode that, like, do you remember which episode it was that uh, people started to kind of say, like, oh, no, what if the Mandalorian isn't good? Episode four. It was four? Okay. Which I thought it was, was the one that uh, Bryce Dallas Howard directed. It was the one about the villagers that yeah. were being attacked by, like, those other, those, like, barbar barbarian type people. Yeah, okay. So I just thought it was really odd that people were overly cautious or not cautious but like 
all of a sudden saying like, oh no, the Mandalorian isn't as good as we thought it was going to be, which is weird. Cause like, I thought that I think it, it's because I, th- I actually I personally just really be- liked that episode. I thought it was good. I, I personally would say it is one of the weaker ones of the season Maybe. as a whole, but it's not bad. Exactly. I thought it was fine. Like, um, I think it's just because people are so jaded now because of everything that's happened with Star Wars. That's what I started to say. It was that like, they're very like they don't want they don't want to be like don't don't trick me and steal my heart and yeah. break it like one episode later. Like if there's anything about that episode in particular that I that made me personally like it more than I don't know maybe other people, like the fact that they included an ATST in it. And actually made it, like, not a fucking joke like a chicken walker. It, like, legitimately was terrifying and just, like, fucking up the entire village. Like, just one ATST. Like, I I don't know. I thought that that was well done and actually made it seem like, oh, yeah, okay. So the Empire was definitely something to be, t- like, feared and stuff like that. If that's, the like, the level of weaponry they were, like, using. Like, how many ATSTs were at Hoth? Like, a fuck ton. Yeah, and uh, those were well. The AT it was ATATs at Hoth. The ATSTs were like there were, I don't know if there were more or less. At least on screen, you only see a couple. But in like when you do like the more like gameish versions and yeah. like Rogue Squadron and whatnot, there's a lot more. Yeah, I think I'm just going off of like the Rogue uh, Squadron games where there were like so many ATSTs. Oh yeah, Ro- Rogue Squadron. You're like, oh my god, there's so many. Yeah, and then you have to kill them all, but you can't because it's Hoth. Yeah. So. Yeah. I guess, like, I I guess let's not go over every episode individually. I just really liked the whole season overall. And, like, literally somehow they made me, like, care about pretty much every single character that they introduced. Like, the Rebel Shock Trooper was a fucking badass. She was awesome. The Mando, oh, yeah, Cara Dune. Yeah, yeah. Mando himself was, uh, like, pretty cool. Uh, I didn't think you'd actually see him take... I was like, will they show him take off his helmet? And then they do, and you're like, yeah. And like that, and the way they do that scene where he's like with IG-11, and he's like, no, Mandalorians don't take their helmet off in front of like other living things. Like, no living thing has seen my face since I took the, uh, the mask or the helmet. And he's like, I am no living thing, or whatever. Like, yeah, IG-11 and, was fucking great. And it was that, that was Taika Waititi, too. That yeah. was great. Like, and I think that overall, like, there's not one bad character in this show. Like, dude, fucking Quill. There's some, there's some wacky ones that are like, oh, this one's weird or something. Where like, uh, the the two villagers that are like more cartoonish, like, oh man, we walked all the way over here. Uh, yeah. and that's why I think that's why people were like, God damn it, don't uh, make, may- don't be maybe. bad. Yeah, because but- it was like that weird cartoonish with those two guys, but like. Overall, the reason all these episodes are great because each one almost has its own tone. It could be because it's all different directors, but it's because more of like each advent you're not gonna have the same adventure every day. Each adventure each day is gonna be better, worse, funny, sad, happy, whatever. It's a whole mix of things, and this show kind of shows what that can be like. In terms of being in like a more Western style setting with a cowboy guy, like you have everything from a heist to defend the village, kind of like Seven Samurai, I think, to like oh here's the actual overarching plot to it, to bounty hunter simple things with like the other guy that was like on a speeder bike. I forget what that bounty hunter's name was. 
Yeah. Um, which one is Quill? Quill was the Ugnaught. Oh, like, yeah. I, oh, my God. I dude, love how sad like, was I it when spoken. he died? Dude, that shit was... I was like, fuck, they killed Quill. <laughs> he was in, like, two episodes, and I was just like, fuck. Like, when you see his dead body on the ground, you're like, oh, no. Oh, they Actually, got he's him? in four. Huh? He's in four episodes. Was he? He's in episode one, two, and six and seven. No, one, two, oh, yeah, seven, Oh, yeah, you're eight. right. Yeah, he's in, like, four freaking episodes. Yeah, so I forgot, he's like, in, the- like First Half two episodes were like the same story. I forgot about that. Yeah, because really four, five, and six are more one shots. Because it's like three is him getting the bounty, and then taking care of like basically like his journey back to bring the bounty and then dealing with it. Yeah, it's just Whereas like, I four is to, like a like, standalone child. <laughs> yeah, and four is more of like a standalone defend the village. Five is more of like a singular need some money, do a quick bounty that's like completely separate. Whereas six then is like a heist. And then seven Which and eight awesome. are kind of like a two-parter, where it's dealing with the after. It's dealing with the, the backlash of what you did in the first three. Yeah, or in episode three to be specific. Like the empire comes for the child, and dude, Moth Gideon. Like I want to know more about that guy because like, how the fuck does he have the dark saber? I know, dude. That's why I'm like, dude, you need to watch Clone Wars, man. <laughs> that shit's yeah. crazy. Because I uh, saw that, yeah, and I was like, the, the whole thing was he has the dark saber. It's a Mandalorian lightsaber. And it's one of the most famous ones. It, it, it's like the the blade of like the leader of Mandalore, basically. And that means, because the whole thing was he took part in the purge of Mandalore, which means like he killed the, probably he killed the leader and took the, the Darksaber, which is insane. Yeah, and there's a lot uh, of Mandalorian history behind that saber. I've, I've looked into it a bit. Cool. I think, um... Because they show, they basically say a majority of those Mandalorians that were on the planet die. I'm hoping though the heavy got out. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, because he he was pretty dope, and you know who that was, right? Uh, someone told me uh, who was it? John Favreau. Oh yeah. <laughs> and Dave Filoni was in it too. He was one of the X-wing pilots in the heist episode. Interesting. Along with them, um, I think two of the other directors were also uh, the pilots as well. Because the whole thing was, I believe, the director of episode three, and I think, I forget which other episode, I forget her name, but she's going to be the one overseeing, she'll be the showrunner for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Alright. Dude, how fucking awesome was the Forge Master? Oh, dude, she was dope. Dude, like, she was was awesome from the beginning, like, just because she has, like, a gold, like, what looks like a crown helmet. And then, yeah, like at the like the last scene we see her in, she's like surrounded by stormtroopers, and just beats the fuck out of them with her like hammers and shit. Yeah, like the shot where she like hits one in the face and just like shatters the helmet. I was like, ooh, shit. She it was dude. She dropped awesome. a dude in the forge, and I was like, well, that dude melted. <laughs> yeah, like uh, normally I try not to buy shows. I it's like they have to be very, very, very specific for me to get them. Uh, like I've only gotten before like Firefly, uh, which sometimes I regret. <laughs> but uh, Firefly, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, uh, Stranger Things, because if I like the DVD, uh, the the VHS style packaging for it specifically, to be honest, uh, animated series mo- shows like Batman, Batman Beyond shit, uh, Game of Thrones for better or for worse. I don't know if I'll, that'll haunt me from that decision, but I got like the complete series pack. But this show is the only other show right now that I, I do I do want to have. It, it, because even though it's on streaming, I'm like, this is 
some definitive Star Wars shit, and I need to own it. Easily. But okay, I would say, so would you say uh, Mandalorian's a success, James? It's definitely worth a subscription to Disney Plus for, at least to, like, watch that show. Like, I don't know if and- you want to keep the subscription, but it's worth, it, like, I guess like you just said, it's worth spending money on. Yeah, and looking forward, so real fast, we'll just go through the stuff that's been canceled. D&D Star Wars Trilogy, which was David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, the guys that did Game of Thrones, which was Sweet Justice when we found out because of what they've done, which we've already talked about on a previous episode, so we won't really delve into it. But basically, they had a trilogy that was canceled. Uh, Ryan Johnson also has a not-Skywalker-related Star Wars trilogy that if what may or may not happen is most, like, some predictions are Kathleen Kennedy might be forced to retire, (laughs) <laughs> and the Ryan Johnson, uh, the Ryan Johnson trilogy may be canned within the next year or two. We'll find out. We'll see. Basically, if there's any progress or not, if her, she's still there, we'll we'll just have to wait and see if these weird online Reddit stuff happen. If the prophecy comes true or not. Um, but for now, we don't know for sure. The only other things we have right now going on is there's going to be a stand. I don't know if it's standalone or sequel or whatever. Kevin Feige is going to be doing his own Star Wars movie. If you don't know Kevin Feige, he's the one that basically over has overseen the Marvel Cinematic Universe and has now taken over, I think, Marvel Entertainment in general. Uh, but now he has his own Star Wars movie too, so the man's very busy. I think, honestly, for him, he could probably do a good job. It's probably going to be... I don't even know what he's going to do, but I, I'm I'm excited to see eventually what it is, but I'm patient. Like, uh, Would you agree they should take at least two years to... At least two years to not even talk about Star Wars movies for a bit. Honestly, like, yeah, just, I'd be fine they, they with that. They need to take a break. Like, I think I, they need a break. At this point, we've had enough Star Wars for the last, like, five, six years. At least in the big screens, yeah. Yeah. Like, they could do but shows then, and shit. That's fine. I, I which just... they are. Uh, so, for Disney+, Plus, there's two more shows coming. Well, we still have... Uh, they confirm Mandalorian's getting a second season. Which I think comes out next fall, basically, already. Um, not complaining there. And then uh, there's going to be a show following Cashin Andor, one of the main characters from Rogue One. This will obviously take place before Rogue One since he's dead, and it's going to be having it's going to be him, I think, doing espionage shit, and possibly have K two S O as well as maybe probably how he meets him and whatnot. So that'll be really cool. And then we're going to have a Obi-Wan Kenobi show on Disney Plus 2. So right now, at least, if you're looking to get some good Star Wars stuff, possibly at least just for Mandalorian as a first launch, Disney Plus seems like the better route to go at this moment, where it seems like there's not much of a rush for them. They are more, since they're shows, they're more, like, there's a lot more depth, they're spaced out, there's room for growth for all the characters and everything else, or, like, you're just getting adventures and things like that. But I'm excited to see that. So I'd say, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to what Disney Plus has to offer. In regards to the to the big screen, I would just... I, I, I just need a break. I don't want to hear any more news about any Star Wars movies that are going to come out to theaters. I just want it to black out. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Like, they definitely don't need to star wars yet not for a little bit 
But yeah, so that's pretty much everything I have. James, was there anything else? Any last thing? No. Nah, much closing but, in on three hours. Yeah, no, I think we've said plenty. <laughs> uh obviously folks this isn't going to be three hours it'll be for sure probably over two um but at least we know for sure there's at least 20 minutes here they're going to be cut out just because uh there was some there was multiple difficulties plus just the issue of someone basically technically hitting my car so there's it's been a lot going on in between the 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 recording of this podcast special but i hope you guys liked it uh, we spent a good amount of time just talking Star Wars for a while. Hopefully, personally, I would rather hope that we won't be talking about it for a bit now, just because unless there's Disney Plus news for the Cassian show or Mandalorian Season 2 or anything, um, I think that's going to be it for a while regarding Star Wars, unless they somehow talk about more stuff in the theater. Or there might be more stuff about Rise of Skywalker, but I don't think it'll be anything newsworthy or anything like anything else like that. So I might eventually I think that's it for be able to for give my opinions of like the Clone Wars show because I kind of want to get into it at some point. That's what I forgot about. So yeah, the Clone Wars show is coming back. Um, which when it does come back, I think that's the next thing coming. Oh uh, yeah, at least for Disney Plus Star Wars. Um, so when that comes, we'll talk about that. That'll be the next thing we'll discuss. We'll probably watch that and finish it pretty fast because i doubt we'll be waiting to watch it we'll just knock it out because i i I doubt i'll wait i'll just want to be watching it as soon as it's out but until then so we're gonna we're gonna possibly record 35 now i'm considering it but i'm not sure at the same time because it's a little bit later and all the delays and everything else um and and you're still waiting for that dude to come back for yeah yeah we'll we'll see what happens Otherwise, um, hope you guys like this. Uh, if I can, uh, I have to go to o- like a Oakland later on today. So hopefully when I come back, I can edit and release this. I uh, look for it out, I would say Saturday morning, just because, uh, why, wait, what am I saying? This should be out probably, I guess, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, because I'll put it out tonight and people will start seeing it tomorrow. I always never understand why I say that. Look for it out when you're already listening to it, and that's at the end of it. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I'm like, what the fuck am I talking about, dude? Um, but hopefully, uh, if we can record 35 today, look for that out on Monday. If not, um, we'll figure it out, and then I think we should be able to get it out next week at the latest. But I, I if everything goes well, I do want to still release it by Monday. We'll see what happens. All right. Because it's going to be a rather short episode, I'd say. All right. For once. <laughs> Unless you have, like, 50 things to talk about. No, obviously. when I was doing my list earlier, it honestly was less than I ever thought. Because most of it was, like, just watching literally all the Star Wars movies. Okay. All right. Until then, folks, if you have any feedback, positive or negative, please email us at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. If you want us to answer any Star Wars questions in one of our future episodes, just regular numbered, uh, same thing. Uh, message that email with any questions and then uh, if you want to follow the podcast on twitter follow it at sutra side talk if you want to follow james follow him on invader jim 124 if you want to follow me you can follow me at gogocomzilla and then of course we'll be out on soundcloud apple Podcasts, google play music and spotify if you can subscribe like or review leave five stars whatever it is for that specific platform all of that will help us out And of course, like I said, follow us on Twitter. But yeah, thank you guys and have a great time. Thanks for listening.